of the preview of all the NCAA tournament games, but it's the same day. Yes, I'll let you ponder that one. We got A.J. Hoffman from Houston, a college basketball expert. Dave Esler from pregame.com in Florida, a college basketball expert. They go about it differently, though. How so? A.J. loves games. He watches them. He's, uh, I don't even understand how much he watches them. Are you, wa- are you reading at the same time or like doing the commercials? You just wait patiently. I, I, I'm usually busy. You're usually arguing with people on Twitter. That's a lot of that. It seems like you do a lot <laughs> I of do that. do too much of that. I mean, do, what do you think? Uh, you're going to convince them? No, I, what I've done is I've, uh, I've changed my philosophy. And I'm, I'm a mute button guy now. Uh, so See, I, I actually disagree. I'm a blocker. No, I like people to argue and yell and realize. See, like, other people are seeing it and you're not responding to I it. I don't care. Okay. You have to, you, there has to be a, a level of, I don't care what you say. The best way to say I don't care is I, I won't ever see. They think you're seeing but it. But then when eventually they'll screenshot, oh, RJ Bell blocked me and it's some kind of badge That's of right. honor for them. That then, then the people that think that are crazy. It's a bad. Hey, now that I look at it, you've got me blocked on Twitter. What the no, hell? No, no. <laughs> I did, but then I stopped. Thank I mean, you. It was only twelve hours. Dave Esler. Now we got the game guy, but we we've got the team guy, where he's looking at the stats at Ken Palm, and not that they, they both do both, but this is their specialization. And I think I love it when you get guys coming at it from two different directions. And what we had on Thursday was like three or so games. They both. Thought were battable. I'm hoping for the same on Friday. Let's get to it. Baylor, Hartford. Baylor by 26, biggest line so far. Baylor, a team we've talked about some regarding a drop-off, COVID, et cetera. Dave Esler. Yeah, I don't think there's any number that could get me to take Hartford here. But what's interesting, and you know, we were just talking about this off air, Kempom's got this Baylor by 21. The line's 26. I mean, that's a huge overlay. Now, how often in the regular season do you have that kind of... I would have to say... Uh, I told you earlier, I don't use never very often, but it'd be pretty close to never. So this is a, you know, like maybe a couple times a year kind of spread. So what does that tell us? Why, why is Ken Palm think so high on Hartford or so down? If anything, Baylor, who is playing significantly worse than they were early in the year, you would think Ken Palm would have a bias to favor them. Because these computer rankings don't weight recency as much, I think, typically. Well, a, a week ago, two weeks ago, maybe, Baylor and, and Gonzaga were maybe a half point apart. Gonzaga's now seven points better than Baylor and Kimpom. So they have made a, a, so a pretty Kimpom's heavy adjustment. Downgrade, downgraded them like six points. Seven points. Wow. And what, what have they – give me a quick update – AJ, on how Baylor's like, what is it that Baylor's done in this time? Have they lost like every game? No, they've they've lost two games, uh, but they they almost lost to Iowa State. So they had a three week shutdown after they beat Texas, and they they stomped Texas. They came back against Iowa State, who the worst team in the Big Twelve didn't win a game all year in conference, and they beat Iowa State at home by five points. Baylor was, like, was home only one by five. Baylor was home one by five. Everyone's like, oh, what's going on? Then they play Kansas. Kansas beats them by 13. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, boy, there's something going on. Next game, they go to overtime with West Virginia. They win, but they went to overtime with West Virginia. Uh, and then, obviously, they get— But West Virginia played, as you talked earlier, Gonzaga tough, right? Uh, they did. Uh, they, then they, and Morgantown's they, a tough place to play. It is. 
Then they they struggled with Kansas State in the opening round of the Big 12 tournament. The one team, like the, the team just above Iowa State, Kansas State. Uh, and then they got they got kind of housed by Oklahoma State in the Big 12 tournament. And and, and you would think they want, would want redemption. Though Baylor having a great year, maybe you would say typically they wouldn't care about the Big 12 tournament so much. But it seems to me they'd want to finish that, this bad, kind of put a stop to the bad run, right? So you, you got to figure it wasn't apathy. I don't think it's apathy. I, I, I think the biggest issue is they, they are not the same team that they were. They were in a rhythm. A three-week break will, will ruin any rhythm that you might be in. And defensively, they just haven't looked the same. Is that What's your take on what's different about Baylor Day? Well, I can't disagree with AJ on any of it. I mean, he, he said exactly what I would have said. My, my trepidation here in this particular game about taking Hartford with that five-point overlay is, you know, Baylor is clearly athletically uh, – 26 points probably better than Hartford. I just wonder if Baylor might just want to make a statement mm. for their own edification more than everybody else's. So yeah, it's the same rationale I had about the Big 12 tournament. Exactly. So in in the games in the 17 games pre-COVID, Baylor gave up 70 plus points three times. Two of those were in one game was 105 to 76. One game was 112 to 82. So they were basically they they so pulled, game, called off the any dogs. Game they didn't win by 20 plus. They weren't giving up that many points. Right. So it, it, 70 is kind of that that magic number for them. Since they came back from COVID, uh, in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, they gave up 70 plus five times. Okay. So do we? Uh, this is the one game. Do we look at the total? Total is, let me look at my notes here, uh, 140. A, yeah, it should be. Yeah. The problem is. Obviously, the over would be the thought. The Yeah, the problem is, uh, athletically, again, Hartford just not going to be on the level of some of these teams. They don't have high major talent. I think even if, if Baylor's off, their athleticism and talent discrepancy is so great that it's hard to to picture Hartford okay. really so putting up their like, share. It sounds like if you like Baylor, the theory is their defensive intensity is going to make the difference. Okay. I kind of like – now I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there and I'll let Dave finish his handicap. I like Hartford because of what Dave said in the first half. The theory is that if there is a fundamental overlay for Hartford, but the trepidation is them having even more motivation in the second half to run out on them, why not isolate the first half and just let the truth of the two teams uh, exert itself? Yeah, I follow your logic. I'm not sure if I could just get there talent-wise. I mean, Hartford is that bad. I mean, the only team they played that was half decent was Villanova, and they lost by 34 points. So, But why I, would Ken Palm say it was so close? Like, that's pure math, right? It, it, meaning he, Well, you know, here, here's the thing to AJ's point about Baylor giving up a lot of points. I was thinking about this as he was talking. Those were a lot of close games, and it would be interesting to go back and look at how many of those points were in the last five minutes mm. as there was a little the bit of desperation? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, the, the Oklahoma State loss, Baylor was was kind of controlling that game, it felt like, early on in Oklahoma State, a late run uh, to, to really kind of put that game away. So I, I, I'm not sure how I feel. I, I, I don't know that I want any part of Hartford here. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'd rather play Hartford than Baylor. I think it's it's sort of a, a, a the number's just so outrageous, but Baylor can really name the number here. It's just a matter of motivation, I think. Okay. 
Uh, huh. It's funny because there used to be, I remember always 1 versus 16, the lines were between 28 and 33. And now is this the, is this the highest line? Right. Well, it I guess it, we it will be the second highest line after once Gonzaga. Gonzaga's number yeah. comes out. It's interesting. In general, I think Dave makes the best point here is the thing that makes you want to play Hartford that Baylor's been playing poorly relatively means you don't want to play Hartford because Baylor's even playing that poorly is playing well enough that their will to get a big victory is the most important factor, and thus they're playing bad, and thus they have the will to get a big victory. Agreed. That is an interesting concept. All right. And you had anything else from you, AJ? No. Uh, ATS lean Hartford, if I had gun to head, had to choose. Obviously, Baylor advance. North Carolina, Wisconsin. North Carolina favored by one and a half. Yeah, this was almost an automatic Wisconsin for me, and I don't think A.J. is going to agree based on some of our conversations. But teams that beat North Carolina for years have been the ugly ones that slow them down. We know that's what Wisconsin's going to do. This year was no exception. UNC lost to Clemson and Virginia. And, you know, you have to have guard play in these games. Both Love and Walton are freshmen for North Carolina, haven't gotten it together. Badgers have too much experience. They're too big, and unlike North Carolina, don't turn the ball over. You know, to me, this is a great example of the Big Ten. There's a reason why the committee put a 10-10 and 10 team from the Big Ten in. I think the numbers bear that out. I'm higher on them than, than, than I know AJ is. According to Ken Palm, they got the 32nd most efficient offense, 13th most efficient defense, and that's playing the ninth most difficult schedule in the country. I like Wisconsin. That's bettable. So I am like, if I hear it on the radio, kind of college basketball fan, is it me or North Carolina making the tournament was a big question. They were never like maybe they, two they, weeks ago. They were in in question for a little while, but they were never in the same kind of doubt that like Duke or Kentucky. Well, Duke were. had to like Duke had to win the tournament. It was really easy for people to say the Blue Bloods are all struggling and Duke and Michigan still, State. Should they be an eighth seed? I, I mean, they've they've got some pretty quality wins. Florida State stands out. A win against Florida State is is big. So I, eighth seed implies they could have lost like three more games and still made the tournament. Probably, probably so. Wow. I mean, they were eighteen and ten. It's it's not like they. Okay. You know, they, and again, I'm I'm not as much debating as saying it. Just I, the narrative I picked up was different. Do you think maybe because they had such a bad year, but there was a little doubt they'd make it at some point not that long ago that maybe it's a sigh of relief and they're not as focused. I mean, back in this idea. Virginia, you said, knew, knows they're not going to win anything. Doesn't North Carolina know the same thing? They might. I, 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 could, I could agree with that, but I still – I just think it's a matchup issue here. You know, A.J. mentioned FSU beat them, and, and that would be the opposite. You know, well, F, FSU – You were saying North Carolina beat FSU, right? Well, both things happened yeah, yeah, this yeah. year. But, but yeah. That was the quality. Okay. Yeah, yeah but FSU, FSU will run with North Carolina. I think it's a bad matchup for FSU. I think Wisconsin is a bad matchup for North Carolina. And what I'm saying is anti-North Carolina, too. I'm saying they might not be particularly motivated here because there is a ceiling, it seems like, to what they can do. And this is a program used to being in it to win it. Entirely possible. And by the same token, Wisconsin's used to being in the, in the conversation for a Final Four team, and they're, they're not. Uh, maybe they've got something to prove. Maybe winning over North Carolina is a whole lot more important to them than maybe the bigger picture because they're not going to the Final Four. All right, so you've got a bettable game on Wisconsin. True. 
What you got? I, I lean the other way. Okay. Uh, I, I think North Carolina. I, I disagree with them being a bad matchup. North Carolina is one of the best rebound. They're, they're the best offensive rebounding team in the country, and it's it's really not even close. They're physical. They run. Uh, everything's in transition. the The best rebounding team that Wisconsin played this year was Illinois. In two games, Illinois out rebounded Wisconsin eighty nine to forty nine. And North Carolina is a better rebounding team than Illinois. You can't give a team that many extra possessions and expect to have any chance. Wisconsin, 2-10 and 10 against tournament teams since Christmas. That means they played 12 teams that made the tournament since Christmas. Two and 10, they okay. won two of them. <laughs> they, they are not playing well. Thanks they've for not, breaking that down. They've not looked good in a long time. They've got some major physical disadvantages. So let's, so let's do this. You're making great points. Let's give this is a big one of the bigger disagreements. Dave, is anything he's saying, do you counter it or do you say, yeah, but it doesn't matter as much as the other stuff? Yeah, I think it's important, but I don't think you can have the ball inside to rebound if you don't have the ball. I think North Carolina's guard play uh, or lack of at times and the inexperience of turnovers will trump North Carolina's rebounding advantage. Boy, I, I, I don't know anything about this game. I like Wisconsin here because it feels like the kind of games I like, which is Big Ten, right? So we, we just talked about how, you know, such a tough conference. And North Carolina, a blue blood that gets in, probably gets overseeded a little bit. They're the favorite here because everyone's going to want to bat them. I mean, sh- so you think this line should be like three? I think it probably should be around three. Here's another thing to think about. Roy Williams, 29-0. and 0 in the first round of the tournament has never but lost. How often they be in an eight seed? I don't know. I, I mean, I'd, I'd have to go back and look, uh, but it's still the guy doesn't lose first round games. There's something to be said for that. But see, that's interesting because I love macro trends. I, or in this case, it's team specific, but I like it. Well, I guess it's Williams, even a KU, right? Yeah. Okay. But, KU and, uh, and no, yeah, just, just at Kansas. That was the only spot before. Yeah. I, I think him and Dana Altman co no is <laughs> to me really what you're saying is you're saying Roy Williams when he's favored by double digits doesn't lose because it's almost every case it w- and I'm saying this feels more like a second round game right meaning that typically North Carolina might be pick him in a second though not even that right in theory so that's the question is it a, is is the pertinence of your trend the first round or is the pertinence of your trend when he's a big favor, if it's the first round, you're right. And it's applicable. I think it's more, he doesn't lose as a bigger favor. And this feels more like a third round game. Maybe it's possible. I, I also think that just Wisconsin, I, I feel like you're discounting the brand name of Wisconsin. Oh, it's not, uh, what's it compared to North Carolina? Uh, Wisconsin's they, they're the team that knocked that undefeated Kentucky team off. Wisconsin has been very good at basketball lately. The, how about this? Do you see a lot of Wisconsin basketball jerseys no, in Texas? But Wisconsin, much like Texas Tech, who we'll get to later, expectations for Wisconsin have they've they've failed to meet them all year. Wisconsin's forty four percent ATS this year. Like they're they're not as good as people think their brand name suggests they should be. Now that Christmas stat was a little convoluted, but that's an interesting point. Do you feel like that, that Wisconsin's trended down? Over the course of the season, yeah. No, I think they, I think they've, they've trended up. How? <laughs> this is got because, like because how's because Wisconsin got better? Because I think they've had nowhere to go but up. These are the teams that they've beaten since the calendar flipped: Penn State, Northwestern, Nebraska, Penn State, 
Maryland. That's their that's their that's one win since like. Christmas. Uh, Northwestern, uh, like that. Indiana, Minnesota, like who? How can they trend up when so, all they're so beating their is be- garbage the teams? The best win is Maryland. Yes, and their second best win is what? Penn State. So here's the thing, Dave. This isn't football. All right. <laughs> here's the thing. I agree that they're not Illinois. They're okay. not Michigan. But they've played Illinois and Michigan and Iowa like every three days since the middle of February. So, so the, I don't think I don't think you can you can you can the, read as much into that. I mean, they were they were supposed to lose those games. What's their ATS record since during that post Christmas run? Uh, that'd take me a second to pull yeah. up, but I. So here's what I'm gonna here's what I'm gonna propose. Diamond Dave, they call him Diamond for a reason. He says, I want to bet. When you say this is a bettable game, that means I want to bet. Bring it on, Texas boy. Now, you said, lean, I want to lean, lean. Oh, you want to step up and and, cry, and and do a press press a green button, or are you gonna keep it at a lean? Uh, I'll keep it at a lean. <laughs> All right, so he's not that confident. I'm not that confident, but I, I, I just can't imagine being confident in this team. But you don't have to. You have, Dave's got that covered. You, your lack of confidence is the issue. <laughs> I love the green button. It cuts through the crap. It also causes Fezzik to make a lot of bets he doesn't want to make, which I love that. Uh, 12 and 13 since Christmas, ATS. That's pretty good. Is it? Does that make money? No, but no, I'm but saying it's not. It's better than forty-four percent, sure. I mean, like aside from Penn State, the worst team they've played in that run was Purdue. I mean, they, they the worst team game. they played. I mean, they played Nebraska. Oh, well, the worst team they lost to. Let me rephrase that. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, so what's Ken Palm say on this game? Uh, Ken Palm. I think Ken Palm's North whiskey Carolina minus two. two. What would you see there, Ken Palm? Has uh, Wisconsin by two. Okay, okay. So you don't want to bet, because I was going to jump on Dave's side. No, I don't want to bet it. All right. Some would say you're scared. I'm not saying that. That's all right. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you have your reasons. I mean, we don't... Because he would have to give me a point and a half when Ken Palm would have made me lay two? There's something to that. Huh. I thought you said North. Oh, so you're saying North Ken Wisconsin Palm. minus two, Wisconsin, according to Ken, Ken Palm. Palm Wisconsin yeah. minus two. Well, you 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 understand this North Carolina team better than Ken Palm, AJ? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't. But you're screaming that Dave's wrong. I, I mean, do you want me to not? You, I'll yeah, just no, say, no, okay, just, Dave, you got it. No, no, I want you to be willing to back your opinion with cool, with cold hard cash. I, listen, you can't bully me into giving money away <laughs> like I'm fezzing, okay. all right? Some people are more comfortable with humiliation. I do I'm agree. fine with it. <laughs> Next game. That was good. Don't you think, Dave? That was good. I do. I <laughs> I, I, I would have given you pretty good odds that you were going to talk him into that or shame, uh, or shame him into uh, that. See, once... Certain people come in saying, I'm not going to do anything like that. And you could, I could have a million dollars on the table and say, you want that for a hamburger? They find a way to scare themselves. They're so scared. I'm not saying AJ. I'm saying people like AJ. That's fine. You have the appearance of that. But it could be. I'm sc- sc- I, I might could, not be scared, but I'm scared-ish. <laughs> I've got scared tendencies. It could, it could, Is that what you're saying? <laughs> All right. That's pretty fun. It could be that you have a, a steely wheel uh, will inside that we just don't understand that might be it <laughs> next game i love it because i get to piggyback 
whoever side I'm on, I'm on a smart side here. Right? It won't be maybe the smart side in that case, but you know it's not horrible because if Dave thinks it or you think it. So I get to kind of decide where to jump. And I'll tell you this, I love our bat. The more I look at it, I love Gonzaga plus 110 with the, uh, you know, or we're laying 110, I guess, yeah. against Illinois and Alabama. Alabama? I don't think Alabama's winning anything. Hold that thought. <laughs> Villanova, Winthrop. And Villanova's favored by six and a half. Yeah, RJ, Winthrop is one of my seven. All right. Yeah, I mean, Winthrop, I mean, they're a trendy pick, and, and, and in, in spite of playing the 309th easiest schedule in the nation, what I love about Winthrop, all five starters have been together for two years. I mean, that's huge for continuity on the floor. But oh, so, so back to the, I'm sorry to interrupt, but back to the debate of do you think maybe that means they look relatively better now than they should because they had the advantage of that uh, experience together? Yeah, absolutely. So you, you're saying you like Winthrop, though? Yes. Okay. I'm saying maybe Winthrop's they're over... had, Winthrop's had all five starters for two years. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, okay. And it's a debate, right? Because p- part of me speculates that because of that, maybe relatively they started the season hotter and then their edge decreased as time passed. But I don't know. I'm not even sure that that theory is right. So, but continue. Yeah, I mean, it's a bad matchup for Villanova. They they have no Connor Gillespie, which I think that makes Villanova's short bench even shorter. I think Winthrop does run the 11th fastest tempo in the nation. Again, bad matchup for Villanova. So I'm going to bet the undersized Eagles to get this done. You know, Villanova had the worst defensive efficiency in the Big East. Mm. So this may be a Even case. Even with the help. They lost the guy right around the uh, Big East tournament? No, they right? lost Connor Gillespie. Yeah, I'm not familiar but, with Connor. Colin. Colin, yeah. My, See, well, my, my bad. You know, th- th- this could be a case of the wrong team favored when all is said and done. So I, I, wow. I love Winthrop. What do you think? I, I lean Winthrop minus the points. Um, oh, plus the points. Uh, yeah, plus the points. This, the, the problem is this is the first time they've seen a Power 6 team all season. Oh, so wow. they're 23 and 1 but they've been beating up on on not great competition. Uh and while Gillespie's important, he he's their engine, he's the he's like we talked about Isaiah Livers how important he is. It's it's similar. Uh, losing your point guard in and March. And Georgetown, right? After the, okay. Yeah, losing your point guard in March is devastating, but they still have Villanova talent everywhere else. That's what sort of makes it a lean for me instead of feeling like I could just hammer Winthrop here. This line seems short. I'm not saying short in the matchup, but rather a a team that doesn't even play power six schools only getting six and a half. This game could be tied with two minutes left and still you don't cover. No. I mean, boy, nine and a half. I I know you'd always rather three points, but it it feels like this is like saying this is a competitive game. But he just mentioned – this is not a typical Villanova defense, and this offense from Winthrop is the real deal. Like, they can score because they can shoot. They've got three guys who can go out and so shoot. Do, so and if you like Winthrop, do you do you parlay him with the over? Is it correlated to the over? Absolutely. You like that, Dave? I, I, yeah, I would say that's that's solid. Because like if, if it's a lower-scoring game, then Winthrop didn't – something went terribly wrong. Villanova did – yeah, okay. Yeah, I like that as a parlay. If I think you, Villanova advances, but I, I, I'm, I, I would lean towards – Winthrop covering. Your border, you said maybe the wrong team favorite. Who do you want to advance? Or not want, but who do you? Uh, who would you bet to advance? 
Straight up? Yeah. Yep. That's the answer. You know, I, I would have to agree with AJ that I think maybe Villanova finds a way to get it done just because of the talent disparity and Winthrop's, like, worse than poor strength of schedule. But I would not be shocked if Winthrop pulled this off. And we'll do this a second time because it's such a good deal. And we are splitting these shows up. This is the RJ special bracket. Why special? Because I get the help of Dave Esler. I get the help of AJ Hoffman, of Steve Fezzik. And he's on the Wednesday pod we're putting out on Thursday. And I'm telling you right now, these guys know their stuff. You're hearing that. I've got a good bracket picking history that really does strong things. And when we put this out, the most recent tournament two years ago, it was the biggest seller we've ever had. And I'll be candid. We made a lot of money. I'm not going to worry about that this year. I'm going to do two things because I do believe the tournament a year later playing is a sign of the, not the Phoenix rising from the ashes kind of thing, but our perseverance as a society, as a country. And and I want to do a little small thing as thanks. So here's what we're going to do. I'm selling the bracket for $64, 64 teams. I'm giving you a coupon right now for $60. You can only use it on this, but it means you're going to get it. I haven't done the math. Hey, four bucks, I think. Four bucks. All right. But that's not all. <laughs> Steak knives. No. Finally, we're going to take all of the proceeds, except, for, you know, the expenses come out. There's a great Simpsons line. Uh, Crushy the Clown was at a, a benefit once, and they said, what do you think of the reports, Krusty, that only 17% of the money donated to this charity goes to the actual, you know, people you're trying to help? And Krusty's going, listen, those, those limos out front are not free. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're talking credit card fees, really. And then the rest goes to a COVID charity. We're going to make it, but we'll decide. And if you have any ideas on a, a good one, you know, that's, again, good means the money's getting to the people that need it. Uh, tweet me, at RJ in Vegas, any recommendations. But we'll make that public when we do. So you're getting it for 4 bucks, and the money goes to charity. And it's not just me, but Dave Esler, Mr. AJ Hoffman, and Steve, the crippler, Fazit. Oh, no, that's Steve Williams. But, okay. <laughs> that's a good nickname as a wrestler, the crippler. I thought, was, I thought that was Dr. Death Steve Williams. You know, you might be right. You're Ray, of- oh, I'm thinking Ray the Crippler Steven. Okay. That was Ray, Ray the Crippler Stevens. You don't want to meet him on a, in no. a back alley. I think Chris Benoit was also the Crippler. Ooh. And he ended up going the wrong way. Wasn't he the dude that was, uh, he did a sleeper hold or something? Uh, I don't know what movie. Did they, no, the Crippler Crossface, they called oh, okay. it. Okay. Oh, well, Bob Backlund used to do the Chicken Wing Crossface. Mm-hmm. I guess the Crippler cross. But Bob Backlund didn't murder his family. So that, that makes him I think a nicer guy than Chris Benoit. Yes. And I think Bob... <laughs> I, or less traveled, fellas. Maybe so, maybe so. Bob Batson actually was a Division II uh, wrestling champion. Wow. And it's funny, if you read his biography or autobiography, he actually believed he was champ. Like, he literally had some kind of cognitive dissonance that he thought that it was all legit, and it, it was shoots, as they said. That's called concussions. I don't know. <laughs> you ever see Bob Backlund? Yeah. I mean, he was champion in the WWF for five, from 78 to 83. See, the Bob Backlund I knew was like the get, comeback Bob Backlund. Oh, but he won a championship like in 92, and then they had him get beaten three seconds. I yeah. Think. That was sad. Uh, that was tough on him because it was a shoe. <laughs> he didn't believe it. All right. 
So what do you do? You go to pregame.com. You're going to see it on the homepage. It's prominent. But you might say, RJ, how are we getting the $60 off? It's real simple. Here is the coupon code. 6460. Do you see any connections? It's going from $64 and you're taking off 60. Yes. No minus sign? No. No dollar sign. There's four characters entered. A 6, a 4, a 6, a 0. Some would call it an O, but I call it a 0. Some folks call it a sling blade. I call it a Kaiser blade. That's right. You following that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> That's a good movie. That's it. It's that simple. But in homage. Six, seven, eight, six, seven, five, three, four, nine, Number nine. Number nine. That's for Fezzik when he starts talking too many numbers. I just blast it. I like that you put in the nine. Ah, oh, you got that, huh? Little, um, oh, wait. You mean nine like on um, Gary? Yeah, yeah. Let's listen one more time. Six, seven, eight, six, seven, five, three, four, nine, 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 nine. I would say my work life's like annoying. Yeah, yeah. Goes, but my personal life's a two. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I would say this. You would say it into the microphone or no? Well, when you have a microphone like this. Oh, it, you know, very powerful. You know what's funny? Very girthy you microphone. Got, yes, thank you. You got um, it's genetic. You have, <laughs> see, you've got good mic control. They call it. A lot of guys don't. A lot of pros that like go fifty. It's mic discipline. They call it. Yeah, I I always call it mic control. But anyway, um, like I like Steve Cofield's a guy I've done. You know, he was the weekend host of Straight Out of Vegas. Did year ten years of hits with him. He is like, he talks loud, mm-hmm. but he's like you, often a foot and a half off the mic, but he's talking loud enough that it works. But it, it, to me, it thins you You know, they got a proximity effect, right? And, Absolutely. And I think you want to use that as, you know, on this mic, though, this is actually with Sinatra's mic, but not this actual mic. Oh, that's but, too bad. <laughs> but um, these large diaphragm, you know, have you? Uh, have you seen these, um, like in radio, I mean, radio stations are going to have no. it. Yeah. This baby's like, it's a nice uh, mic. Yeah. This baby's like, uh, was Ford 4k, I mean, but you got it on Amazon for, no, no, no. They, that, that was the discount. Oh, but again, if I had your great pipes, I wouldn't need, I need right. it. It's like a girl who needs, you know, special clothes, let's say to be in Hollywood or fake cans. Yeah. I don't, I tend not to judge. I don't either. It's, and if like, I do judge, it's in an approving manner. <laughs> You've got a, a disparate, like you're you're politically extremely left, <laughs> and but then you seem to be a misogynist. I am absolutely. I'm a sexist pig. And and how's that going for you? It's not great. Here? It's not great. With my, like all my people are turning on me. It's is, terrible. Is that right? But the fact that you support all the liberal causes doesn't cause that, that. That's also a made up fact. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> there you go. All right. That's it. Moving on. Thank you for the coupon. What's that? What's that code again, Dave? Six four six zero. Oh, oh, you oh. said Dave. I, 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 I just, I would have just asked Mackenzie. He's good like that. All right. That was good. That's real radio stuff there. Because if you make it seem conversational, you get to repeat it without like the commercial going. That's eight 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 five four three one. 
<laughs> but now you're confusing the message. The coupon code is not eight six seven five three zero nine. Isn't it interesting? <laughs> isn't it interesting that I because of the you know the six seven eight yeah, but to go from eight to eight six seven five three zero nine that was clever, wouldn't you it say? Was I mean you know Harvard isn't crazy. Now let me say this: if you can tell me where the three came from. Let me hear it again. I'll donate $100 to your favorite charity, and it's not a strip club. Six, seven, eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, I've got no idea. Okay, when I say it, you're going to go, oh, geez, really? Remember the how many licks does it take? The, like the took zero seven, three, three yeah. two, one. Yeah, Let me hear it. <laughs> a three? Because he says six, seven, eight, six, seven, Oh, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> Next game. The line is eight, six, seven. No. Purdue, North Texas. Purdue, seven and a half. Yeah, I think I might get some pushback from AJ here. But North Texas played Arkansas, West Virginia, Loyola, Chicago, and Mississippi State all on the road. And only Arkansas blew them out. I know Purdue's in the Big Ten, but they only played the Big Three in the Big Ten once each, and they lost all three. And I can't get past how inexperienced Purdue is. I know they have the best player on the floor in Travion Williams, but North Texas has a couple of 6'10 centers. I can see the whole Shaq attack thing here, putting them on the line where he only shoots 50%. I know North Texas is pretty thin. So you're saying the multiple centers would be where they got 10 fouls to get. Exactly. All right. I know North Texas is thin, but the pace of this game that Purdue plays is not going to test it. So, you know, I look at that and I ask myself, why is Purdue only seven and a half? So I actually lean North Texas. And that's interesting because on one hand, the uh, Purdue only being seven and a half is a sign you're probably right about North Texas. But on the other hand, you're you're getting you're not getting as much value. Exactly. Where you got? I, I'm, you're not going to get much pushback from me on ATS. I, I lean uh, North Texas plus seven and a half as well, just because North Texas makes games ugly. Purdue makes games ugly. There are some concerns because you're right. They've got a couple 6'10 guys. Travion Williams is one of the best bigs in the country, and, and they've got another really good one in Zach Eady who's seven foot four and can, so the, and can shoot. So the 6'10 guys are with North Texas? With North Texas. So the fact that there's a big inside guy for Purdue, why is that a bad They have then? two big guys. Okay. But he's saying they can, they've got enough guys to throw at him to give him problems. But, but if, if the bigs in the Big Ten aren't giving Travion Williams problems, the guys from North Texas aren't going to. And that's why it's only a lean. That's why it's only a lean. It, it's going to be – the total's 127. This is a rock fight game. Unless those bigs get in foul trouble early, I, I have a hard time seeing this game getting to be a blowout one way or the other. I do like Purdue a lot. I've got Purdue in my Final Four. We're talking in general. But ATS in this game, I, I'm not crazy about them. Wow, that's interesting. you got Purdue in the Final Four, but even laying seven and a half, you think – so really effectively you're saying you think this line should be six and a half. Probably. And it's a great exercise. I know we got listeners that don't listen all the time because it's the special NCAA tournament. Is whatever the line is, move it two points and say, could you imagine it there? Move it two points. Like, could you imagine Purdue by nine and a half? Could you imagine Purdue by five and a half? To me, when I do that, I'm thinking, holy cow, there's no way Purdue's only going to be five and a half. So I could see them being nine and a half. So that makes me think we're at the edge of where the value's gone here, 
And this is why, in my opinion, beating sports is so much harder than it was even 15 years ago. In 2005, this line would be 10 and a half. Just, you know, knowing that they, we wouldn't know or the market wouldn't know as much about the fact that North Texas could even be competitive. And in general, we see this all the time. The obvious spots where this team's really good, but the market or seemingly the squares don't see it. The market, there's enough sophisticated players. They see it, and, and the bookmakers book faces. The, I'd be interested, Mackenzie, take a gander at pregame. And remember, at pregame.com, if you go to the odds or the game center, you can see in the tab that says consensus what the bet splits are, both cash and tickets. What's the bet splits on Purdue? And then what I'm going to predict is the casual bettors are betting the heck out of Purdue, but the sharp bettors are betting North Texas. So I think the ticket count is going to be high on Purdue. The cash will be less high. You are correct, sir. Purdue is getting 77% of the tickets, but only 60% of the cash. That's a 17. That's a pretty big spread. Big Sharp money's on North Carolina, but unfortunately the line is. On Purdue or on, uh, oh, on North Texas, you mean? Yeah. Oh, what did I you say? said North Carolina. Oh, I'm sorry. North Texas. Thank you. But I, I think that the, the, I don't know if the lines moved or if they opened it here. Mackenzie, what do we have as the opener? Six and a half. Oh, wow. That was a crazy opener, huh? You yeah. got that in your pocket, I too? wish I did. <laughs> really? I thought you said you thought the line should be safe. Oh, you, you couldn't even admit uh, No, I, ju- I just can't see Purdue covering more than six and a half. <laughs> so, you, so at six and a half, you'd like Purdue. I think I, I probably would have taken Purdue. At seven and a half, you'd take North Texas. Uh, is a lean, yeah. But you would actually lay it at six and a half on Purdue. I think I probably would. So you went all the way from a like... I'm not sure. Again, we're talking about such a short total, RJ. Yeah, like, I, I mean, about, you, I, yeah. you've, your numbers have to be more sharp here than a total of 170. And the, yeah, no doubt. And the rationale is every point's more valuable, right? So the basic rationale of why low totals. And this is one of the lowest totals on the board. All right. So Purdue advancing. Next game Texas Tech, Utah State. Tech is four. One of my seven. All right. One of my seven. All right. Oh, this could be. Opposite sides. That would be you – know, by the way, you should know, if it's opposite sides, it's an auto bat. Okay. Dave. Uh, I, I don't think it is. I, I love Utah State here. and I love you got? Utah State. All right. We call that a double like. Okay. Go. Yeah, I mean, for me, I love Utah State. I mean, they're, they're big, uh, but they do all their scoring inside. Bad matchup for Texas Tech. Uh, I think Tech, to some extent, and Chris Beard are living off making it to the finals two years ago. They don't have Jarrett Culver anymore. I don't think they're going to get past Utah State at all. Now, look at Texas Tech, how they finished the season. You know, they, they had three out of four wins, but the three wins were all at home against Texas, barely. TCU, Iowa State, they got drilled by Baylor. Uh, they lost a tough one to Texas, uh, but I just think that Utah State is the better team. And I think Utah State should be the favorite team. I think if, if Tech hadn't had that big run two years ago, I don't think this number would be that high. So I love Utah State. Yeah, I don't love the way that Texas Tech's played this year. I, I think they're one of the more overrated teams in the field. They're well coached, obviously, but they're not nearly as talented as the team that played for that national title a couple of years ago. I hate the idea of their offense being so reliant on Mac McClung, a guy that couldn't even make Georgetown relevant, uh, and suddenly he's the go-to guy for Texas Tech. I, I just don't understand Is it. Is that the Yaley? Uh, I, th- I believe so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I-, I would prefer they work through the paint, 
But that's easier said than done against this Utah State team. It's elite defense. They switch at ease. And, and if you do go inside, Namus Keita is one of the great shot blockers, one of the great defensive presences down low. Uh, Utah, great, Utah State's not great on offense themselves, though, either. That's sort of the scary thing. They want to run through Keita in the paint, and Chris Beard is not going to make it easy for a big man to, to post up and just have his way. Uh, they're, they're going to make Utah State find other avenues to beat him. I like Utah State here at that number. I just think this is such a great coaching match. This is one of the more – what should be a pretty low-scoring game. It's one of the more interesting games on paper. You're not scared of Bobby Knight? Not scared of Bobby Knight. Oh, wait. That's something. Um, what did this line open at, McKenzie? Five and a half, I think. So, oh, I hate batting against the move. Or batting the late num. It was actually an eight for a hot second. Ooh. Okay. Five and a half soon after that. I was going to call Fat or tax Faz and bat this thing, but you still really like it at four. I still like it at four. What, just got feeling. What I thought it gonna... was at four and a half when I said I'd take it, but I, I, I'll still keep it on one of my seven. Well, how you might be laying it with Texas Tech at four, at four versus four awesome. and a half. <laughs> now, now <laughs> let me ask you this. Where is it going to be in your top seven? Probably near the back. So not in the top half. Dave? Don't know yet. Um, I would... I would probably put it in the middle somewhere based on right. the other ones I'm looking at. Our first double like, though. Remember, when you only have seven games, that's a, quite the confluence of events. Arkansas, Colgate next. Arkansas, eight and a half. Yeah, I like Colgate here, and I'm going to throw them in as one of my seven. All right. You know, when, when Arkansas struggles, it's against teams that will run with them uh, year in and year out, and this year especially. Colgate will be more than happy to run. You know, the knock on Colgate is – Obviously, the Patriot League, the knock on Colgate is obviously playing, I think, 15 games. But they won 14 of them. And, and to me, you know, this is another one of those that the, the line's scary. I think it's, what is it now, eight and a half. And I think it was nine and a half or ten. So I think the money's coming in on Colgate. It's kind of a fishy line put me on the Colgate. But then I look at Arkansas, and I, it's a team that won a lot of games coming down the stretch, but they didn't win a lot of games by margin. You know, the only game they really won by margin was that, that Alabama game at home. That was a huge game. That's a pretty big win, though. It was. It was. But you know, I don't Al- think much Alabama. But I mean, they're a two seed. I'm just joking. Oh. Are you really going to go there? <laughs> are you going to Are you going to make me explain why I took Alabama in that bet? Yeah. Again, when it comes time. No, I'm done with it. <laughs> well, know? that means he doesn't like it. I don't love it, <laughs> but I'm getting great. No, I'm getting Do you want great. to buy out? I'm getting no. It would be it would be too expensive emotionally <laughs> to, to listen to it for the next eleven and a half months. Hey, listen. All I know is this: I bet on Dave's made me a lot of money betting with him against everyone else. So if I get to reverse the roles and find the one spot he's weak, I'm ecstatic. That's all I can say. Go ahead. I don't even remember where I left off. You guys, you guys so confused me. Um, you know, yeah, that was a big win, AJ. You're right. But after that, LSU by five kicked the crap out of South Carolina. Everybody does that. Texas A&M at home by seven uh, struggled to beat Missouri. Didn't beat LSU. Um, I just think. What about rec- Nolan Richardson? Nolan Richardson is he still there? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't see color. <laughs> <laughs> It's not what our Uber driver said. <laughs> our Uber driver didn't say a word. I don't even know what you guys are. Th- I wasn't even there. But you, you're probably just as well. But let me let me say this. One thing perked my ears up. Colgate only played 15 games. Correct. This is a team playing in a weak conference, so a lot of those were weak games. Correct. What do you mean? Their best win was Army. 
Yeah, but so is their best loss. Does this mean you like the other side? Is my question is, was Colgate well regarded coming in? Because if they were, well, I, they were well regarded in the Patriot League. But like, right? Did you expect them? Like the fact that Colgate is a um, what do we got here? They're a uh, Colgate 14. moved from one fifty to eighty six in Kim Palm over the course of the season. Then I'm concerned. I don't like Colgate because to me, if you have a short sample, but it affirms something that was thought beforehand, I'm more comfortable with. Like Belichick, if he starts off four and zero, we could say, well, four and zero is not enough to really care. But it's like, well, you got 30 years. And Arkansas moved from 54 to 19, but that's over the course of an SEC season. And probably more games, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, 20, 29, 28 games. Colgate could be a Fugazi. I tend to lean that they are Fugazi. Let's uh, bat them. Not let's that bat they're uh, let's bat frauds. Do it. But that. I, I want to hear that squeaky voice again. This is the. <laughs> <laughs> this is a. a, a Arkansas is a better version of Colgate. They want to run Colgate. Want, uh, they, both these teams are top 25 in tempo. But wait, Hold on. Dave said uh, Arkansas struggles when people want to run and Colgate will run. Sure. Do you disagree with that? No, no, I don't. Okay, so I'm well, confused. But, then. If they're similar teams, that means they're going to play like. Colgate doesn't want you to run on them. And Arkansas is absolutely oh, going Colgate's to run on them. Colgate's used to be in the bullies. Yes. That, okay. The so other, what I'm saying is Colgate's not going to dictate tempo. They're not going to They're not going to burn Arkansas in transition because Arkansas has just got better athletes. These are Patriot League athletes that lost to Army. They lost to a bunch uh, of six-foot-four white guys. That, that's that, uh, There's limitations physically for them. I don't see color. <laughs> McKenzie. <laughs> What what is that? Right now we got eight and a half. Give me the pinnacle line. I'm probably going to bet against. I just want to see where the market is. I'm on it. All right. So the question is, get it's time to get some balls, AJ. He's exposed now for six hundred bucks. All right. I'll bet three. You bet three. Let's 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 knock a little of the smugness out of Diamond Dave. Done. Well, two. Now I'll let you buy out. No, don't even go there. This just never ends well. Uh, Fezzik might let you go there. I won't. I'll just stop it right there. Well, Fezzik thinks he's getting value by buying out. You're, you know, you're. How in the hell is Colgate? They could. They might not even be one of the top seventy teams. That who knows how good they are. What's their best win? Army, and that's their worst loss. Yes, they played them four <laughs> times. <laughs> Holy cow! If I if I read you, then why is Arkansas only eight and a half? If I read you, Colgate because Colgate can score and everybody's excited because they're a good offensive team. So when Arkansas gets a fifteen point lead and Colgate's still playing at warp speed, and somebody for Colgate hits that three as the buzzer sounds, and Arkansas wins by seven. Boy, if that's his that's his dream scenario. (laughs) No, my dream scenario. Hopefully, it doesn't come to that. Here, here's here's the teams, and but they've played. 15 games, but they've played them against five teams. Army, Boston U, Holy Cross. Wait a minute, Boston Bucknell, University. Loyola, Maryland. <laughs> that's it. That's that's their opposition this year. Hey, um, what's the market? The pinnacle lean is towards Arkansas, minus, one and 11, minus 111. So six cents of value, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. Sir. I'll let you, let's say. I'm not buying, just move on to the next game. I'm (laughs) not going there. But will you be honest if I ask you a question? Or say I refuse to answer. What? Either be honest or refuse to answer. Okay. If you could snap your fingers and wipe out this bet, you would. No. Really? You want to double it? No. (laughs) 
<laughs> At least he's honest. I give him credit. It's fair. All right, that's a great segment. Florida, Virginia Tech. This is a pick I'm no favorite. Yeah, I'm giving Virginia Tech a pass for that loss to North Carolina because they hadn't played in almost two weeks. I won't give Florida a pass for barely beating Vanderbilt, getting spanked by Tennessee. You know, look, the Gators have had turnover issues all season. They have a sizable length advantage, but Tech runs their offense on the perimeter. They'll shoot over them. So I will go with the most efficient defense in the ACC, and that's Virginia Tech. It just dawned on me, would this be the season in which pure computer rankings are the least valuable? Because it seems like you've got uh, games in which teams are thinned out, right? games in which there was long durations of bre- a long duration break beforehand. It seems like there's more variables to ex- explain where subjectivity is called for, and computers don't do subjectivity. I, I would agree. Okay. But Ken Palm, you think that the market has been aligned with the numbers of Ken Palm about the same this year? For the most part, this is one of those games where I'm going to be a little bit scared off away from Ken Palm's rating because because of Virginia Tech coming off of COVID issues, and there's just a lot of unknowns and again. You're saying that, that they're going to be underrated. The computer account. can't account for that. So I, I, this is honestly, of all the games – uh, in the opening round, this is the game I have the least confidence in. Uh, I, I guess if if I had gunned ahead and I had to pick a lean, it'd be Virginia Tech, just because I, I trust their coach. I, I I trust Mike Young more than Mike White, but uh, I, I've got no really good feel about this thing. If Virginia Tech was practicing all week, coming in at full strength, I'd feel better about them. But as it is, it just feels like I'm kind of throwing a dart here. You know, guys, it dawned on me. Excuse me, I'm having my ninth talk of today. Is Utah State, Texas Tech, did we get the advance from you guys? Who who do you got advance in there? Utah State. Even though they're like six, what were they? Six? Four point. Oh, okay. How about you? Same. Okay, one sec. All right, and then Colgate, Arkansas. Well, I know what I'm doing there. Um, why, would you, why would you do that? Yeah. Would you have Colgate to advance? If, if, no. You, so, okay. You've lost confidence. No, I, and <laughs> I'm getting over a touchdown. <laughs> and yeah, I thought the line was six and a half. I said I'm getting over a touchdown. It's eight, eight, and, a eight and a half. What is Colgate, Arkansas? I thought it was eight. Yeah, it sure? did say eight. I think it said eight. Mackenzie, what? what so you, it's it, a push. It's, it's, it's a push. It's eight and a half. Say it again. It's at eight and a half. What? Huh? You put eight and a half on the screen in here? No, you didn't. Dude. I mean, you put eight up here. What? What is it a pinnacle right now? It's that's why I know because it's eight and a half minus one eleven. Okay. Okay. Nine. Right. Do you want to buy out? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him. I mean, listen. The thing is, I don't get to control what sound drops get played, Dave. So I don't want you to take this personally. It's <laughs> I don't take it personally. <laughs> that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, that's good. And I agree. You suck. <laughs> See, everyone ends up hating Dave because yeah. he's so good at what yeah. he does. I think I might have bet one game too many. I mostly only hate him on that game. But I that's think it. I bet one game too many. And you really kind of bullied me into taking that. I was yeah, well, like, I, I lean Arkansas. You're like, oh, quit being a pussy. No, I, actually, you know what made Well, you me... made a small fortune at the blackjack table last I night. I did all right. You Damn. got the money. Here's why I didn't like it, because there's something Dave says that I, I actually troubles me that he says it. So I'm going to give him a chance to talk about it. He said, and maybe you misspoke, he goes, I got put on Colgate because his number was so low. 
And to me, I agree when the number's low, it's telling you the sharps are on that side. Meaning rationally, why would this line be so low? But I don't think that means, I means don't lay it, but it doesn't mean take it. Because to me, in my opinion, by definition, the sharps are going to bet it until there's no value left. Correct. So that means that at the prior number, they said, yeah, we'll take nine, let's say. Right. We're not taking eight and a half. If you're betting after they said, you're effectively betting after they said there's no more value. Now, if you like the game otherwise, it's nothing with the Sharps. You just think at eight and a half, let's say. But if they're putting you on it, I think it can help keep you off the favor. But it's hard to make. I don't see how it would make you bet the dog. All right, I did. I did say I got put on Colgate, but to me, it's did I get put on Colgate on Tuesday night here when I looked at the damage had already been done to the line, or did I see that line move on Sunday and pushed me in the direction to do okay. the work? So the line opened where? I think it was ten. What was it, Mackenzie? Ten, nine and a half. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then you're seeing right away the dogs getting bet. You're saying, oh, there might be something here. You did the work, and then you in your pocket got that number at a better number. Correct. Okay. I, I, I took nine and a half. So in this case, it was the momentum of the, or the initial move that made you think, because that's interesting. When the lines come out, you're going to have your power ranking. So you're going to have a general idea of where you think value is. But now you've got to say, I've got to handicap these matchups real quick because it's not just power rankings, but as you're doing them, lines are getting picked off. All right. How do you think about... Like on the night, and March Madness will be very specific to this, maybe college bowls when they're announced. How do you decide? Are you there like waiting and then trying to decide where to do some work? And how many bets did you make, let's say, that night? Sunday night, how many bets? Um, I think probably a half a dozen okay. that, I was, that I was convinced. And you handicapped but, you each know, one. But, but I would, or did before, you fire? before the brackets are even announced, I look at a team, okay, Arkansas is the in. What type of team is going to give Arkansas some trouble? Oh, a fast-paced team that'll run with them. Oh, Colgate. Well, line. Oh, line move. Well, maybe I was right. Let's go ahead and bet that. I know we have a good number. That's fascinating. So you're profiling the type of team. You got the power ratings, and you're profiling the type of teams that would be good or bad, and then you're trying to pattern recognize and make the bets quick. Absolutely. Do you do? do you, are you an overnight better agent? Uh, yeah, I, I had four four plays that I put in Sunday after as soon as the lines popped up and what would be the average time from the time so you bet immediately four games yeah so there was no matchup considerations no i mean well i already knew the matchup considerations i knew what kind of teams i was looking for. like i i yeah. just so, so off kind the, of the same thing he's yeah saying. i knew what kind of matchups i was looking for and if, like again unc greensboro was a team that i was like oh my i bet i can play on them and then it was announced florida state and i said nope Throw that in the trash. Yeah, so sometimes you're going to be playing this team in most cases, but not all. Others, you're going to play this team in maybe 25% of cases, yep. just about matchup. Yep. Wow, that's fascinating. I would love to be in on a piece of all those early bets. And what's so in your games, what's the line value? What's the average line move? And same question to you, Dave. I'm guessing you guys are getting like two, two and a half points on average. My, my biggest line moves that the the Ohio minus 10 that's down to seven and a half on Virginia. So two and a half of yeah. value. And has any of them moved against you? No, no, no way, man. <laughs> he goes, no, what are you talking about? Yeah. I bet if you guys had, that's not true. Santa Barbara's moved against me. Ooh. It was seven. It's seven and a half now. Not so smug, are you? No. 
Now, now what I'll say is, if it goes to eight, you're going to buy out. <laughs> no, I, I, I'll take more. I'm not. I mean, I, I like the matchup. I like the matchup. That's what's interesting is when a line. It's almost like people sometimes say, "Boy, I didn't like that game of five, but now plus five, but now it's plus four. I like it." It's like they need that affirmation so much. And again, I do think I agree with. And Dave's not like that at all. But excuse me, I do think in general, if the market tell, I mean, listen, there's a lot of serious betters that know their stuff out there. So if they're moving something, especially something that feels counterintuitive, you got to take it seriously. Well, and and line moves during the week leading up to the NCAA tournament are a lot different than a line move on a random Wednesday night. Uh, so you're like, saying there's time and sharp money that's come in already on on these games. So there there's real money adjusting these things versus a random middle middle of the season overnight game. So you're saying you think that the sharpness of the overnight Sunday night for the NCAA tournament is greater than a typical day. Yeah. I would have thought otherwise. I would have thought you're getting people in the game. If someone's betting overnight Wednesday in February, don't you think they're extra sharp because it's not the popular place to be? I think most people, and I, and I haven't filled out a bracket yet. Mm-hmm. Most people, when the bracket comes out, the first thing they do is sit down and they start filling out their bracket. I haven't even given consideration to it because I've been handicapping individual games. I think the average person does that. I think the people who are who are making big moves, bigger than than I can certainly make, those guys are do they're waiting for numbers and when those numbers pop, they're jumping. Except now now this is the other side of the debate. And we'll talk about this with Fezzik tomorrow on the extra or the third part of the week. But in general, the the big even the second tier batters, the syndicates are about a hundred thousand, but even the ten thousand dollar guys aren't betting overnight because they can't. I mean, the limits typically in college, that was interesting. What what were the typical college basketball limits on Sunday night? Oh, I don't know. I bet I'm, yeah, no, there's I no legal betting in my state, so oh. mine's all on an app. Yeah, you're a, you're a um, waste management consultant. I That's think. right. Um, I mean, Mackenzie, I don't know if you saw, I mean, my gut feeling is I bet there weren't any, was there any places taking like two dimes? It was I wonder what bookmaker? I think you could have bet online. What, I mean, what are the, what are the the limits on the Super Bowl the day after the AFC and FC championships? Well, that's not going to be the same as this. I mean, I'd say a tournament with with uh, with Winthrop isn't the same as the Super Bowl. Oh, that's fair. I mean, I would say this is. But the final, I mean, are there, there's not many things that take more money than the than the the NCAA tournament, right? No, but remember the people putting up overnight uh, those books. Are they're apprehensive? They're not eager, and the reason and the reason being they're out there against the world. The thing about you guys know this. I'm not you know telling you anything, but the thing about bookmakers is it's not any bookmaker. It's all that smart. I don't think I know any bookmakers in Vegas that I would think would be positive EV to be a professional batter. I'm not saying they couldn't win some money. I'm saying. I, of all the guys I know, I'd say Nick Bondanovich probably could. I mean, Nick Sharp, William Hill. Um, but a lot, again, the, the bookmakers respect bookmakers. Like they don't, they, they'll angle shoot them, but they're not trying to bet a ton. So I guess what I'm saying is when you're putting out that overnight number, if you're the world opener, you're saying, hey, world, I'm putting up a number. I get minus 110. Go for it. That's a scary proposition. Yeah. When it's Monday morning. And everybody else has done it. Yeah, and it's eight, 
and and it went from nine and a half to eight. You put up eight with a smile. You got no problem. Right. And to be candid, I don't think we give credit to the books that do that enough because it takes guts and, you know, Bookmaker does that a lot. Bet Online does it a lot. Bet Online used to have nickel limits, but they've really, my understanding is, stepped up it their up. Game. Yep. Yeah, so, again, listen, I'm hard on bookies. We know that. But I want to be fair. I mean, they're not fair with us. Cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. That's from Lucky. Okay. It's Nick Nolte. And he plays, uh, as we were talking about, he plays a, um, a trainer, right? An old school trainer. It's like, you know, 80 or whatever. And then there's a Hispanic trainer that's like the hardworking young guy. And the whole 10 episodes, they don't talk. And then this is like the last episode, and they happen to be sitting by each other. And they're talking about like the politics of the track or whatever. And the Hispanic guy goes, they're cockroaches. And Nick Nolte goes, cockroaches, yeah. <laughs> like that, that was the only exchange I think they had was agreeing how the, the system was so rigged. <laughs> All right. I think the reason, here's what I know. This line would have been much higher 15 years ago. I think the analytics guys, and this is something interesting. If you're computer-driven and you've got 15 games in the, what conference? The Colonial? Who, Colgate? Yeah. Patriot League. Patriot. 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 Is that Holy Cross, like that league? Yeah. That would be at Bucknell, yada, yada, yada. And that's right around the bottom. Does that extend all the way up to northern seaboard, as they say? Or is that, that's like the, the, the almost Ivy League schools? Correct. Don't okay. knock them too bad. My daughter got her master's from Bucknell. That's awesome. Well, master's is nice too. What was it in? Um, animals. What do they call did, it? Did you pay? Did you pay even through masters? I or? did not. So she was oh, okay. No, she got her. She actually went to Vienna, Austria, to get her doctorate. And Are you paying for that? No. Is she no. married? Scholarships uh, engaged. Oh, but she got scholarships with a mat. Wow, that's impressive. Man. I couldn't afford that. Engaged. Come on, Dave. A buck now? You're, come on. I know you wouldn't want to pay it, but you could afford it. Uh, I don't know about all that. <laughs> but here's the interesting question. If, if you're a algorithm guy, how do you do an algorithm on Colgate? Right? You got 15 games. You got, you know, obviously strength of schedule is a big question. I'm saying that what smart, brilliant people that do algorithms, they've got a fatal flaw. And I say fatal is in it like destroys them eventually, which is they they have to believe in their algorithm so much because otherwise, why are you spending? Why is this the focus of your life, work life? That when they have legitimate doubts, they don't. They cognitive dissonance makes it hard for them to embrace it. They find a way to poo poo it. And if you really think about it, this, isn't just because the limitations of the intellect of let's say algorithmic betters as opposed to Wall Street, long-term capital management, the Russian debt crisis, and that was an algorithm that was wrong. They made billions, and then they lost it all. And if you look, you know, watch The Big Short or read any books on it, again, it was like an unbelievable thought that, oh, okay, the, the housing market and there's going to be a, you know, a uh, default on this? No way. Algorithm wrong again. And if you look through history... And um, 
the guy that wrote the Black Swan, I cannot stress enough. I always, his, his name's like Nausam Talib, or I always have trouble with that. Maybe you can pull that, Mackenzie. Is he built his entire, he had a hedge fund himself. And he's probably the smartest guy I've ever re- seen, like live, right? I'm not comparing him to Shakespeare or whatever, but like a, a guy alive today, I, I think he has made me think more than any other. And he's talked about the idea that we all have a human tendency to underestimate the chance of extreme events. We just say, no, that ain't going to happen. And that's the whole black swan concept is, but then if you, and again, I'm not trying to paraphrase the book, but what he did in the hedge funds, his was every day he made like $3,000 of bets. They're bets. Who are we kidding? And he was betting on these cataclysmic events, like things that were like five sigma events, you know, 99.999% chance it doesn't happen. But if that's the case and you're getting 15, what would be 15,000 to one on something that's 10,000 to one to happen, you're going to do okay in the long run as long as you get to the long run, right? right? And in 2008, when everything went, but he, he, you know, like it was like, if you look at his returns in his hedge fund, minus 3,300, minus 2,900, like month after month of day after day. And then finally it was like, you know, plus 1.7 billion. You know, it was like he figured out that just the human mind wasn't pricing this risk properly. It's a NASM, N-A-S-S-I-M and Tlaib. That sounds right, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Nasim Tlaib, uh, his Twitter follow is awesome because he he could be like he's a kind of guy who should win a Nobel Prize kind of thing like that level, and he's like the most if he disagrees with someone that is like a big intellectual he'll like lambast them but like he'll put up like mathematical proofs explaining why what they're saying is wrong, and the people can't really counter it, and he's just like he's like the most ruthless where. He wants the truth out there regardless. He's he's not, like, self-gratifying, it seems like. And like us. Self-gratifying? Yeah. I mean, I think you can speak for yourself. I'll speak, I, for, I mean, all, not, I'll speak for all of us here, I'm afraid. I, I mean, if anything, I would make the case I probably could – it would benefit me to think more of my – I mean, like, what I'm saying is I feel like I haven't achieved what I should yet, so – I, le- I want to acknowledge what I have done, but I, I if I, like, somehow had to retire tomorrow, I would feel really depressed about, like, I didn't do what I should have done. So I guess deep down... But you need self-validation is what you're saying. Well, I think... So you're still working towards it. Okay, that's interesting. First of all, I think everyone... Well, first of all, self-validation is implying that you want to feel good about yourself. Yeah, you want to feel Who like you— doesn't want to feel good That's about what I'm saying. All of us do. All, every human on earth is yeah. what you're saying. Okay. So why make the distinction? They, they all need oxygen. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, all of us need it. I, you were saying it like oh. it was some rare thing. I was saying all of us do. Oh, well, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I was saying the opposite of him uh, with him is not saying he doesn't need to feel good about himself. I'm saying he doesn't do things— to, in an artificial way, feel good about him. You know how people okay. will, cut, I, will cut other people down to feel good about yep. themselves? It feels like he's doing it for a righteous reason. Okay. Because really, he could be like a 
the toast of New York City or the I think he's uh he could be Bruce Wayne you're saying <laughs> I think he's uh he's Middle Eastern I I don't remember exactly but you know Greek he, I think is that yeah, is Greek. that right yeah God, what a racist who you what do you mean? You're just making assumptions about a guy's race based on his No, name. I'm saying... I'm kidding. I, <laughs> just wanted to make you feel uncomfortable for a split second. Make, I'm just wondering why untruths seem to flow from your mouth. I, so oh, how many untruths has this guy put out in, the, <laughs> well, not in on, the eight hours we've been sitting here? But not on air. I mean, oh. I might make jokes uh, you know, <laughs> off air. But anyway, he, he's worth a read. You really struggle with intellectual conversation. I do. Wait, I'm a it, fart it, jokes guy. You, I told you. I mean, did you. your mind just drift off? Married or? with children. I told you. I'm a, I'm a lowest common denominator. But you would think you'd be like, wow, he's the host. I know that his podcast is so successful. Maybe I should listen and try to learn. No, you don't even think like I that. I never, never crossed my mind. <laughs> no. <laughs> At least he admits it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Have you read The Black Swan? I've not. <laughs> What's the last book you've read? Uh, Daffy Duck goes to camp? something like some cartoon book. Like, do you ever read a book, honestly? Oh, I read pretty regularly. Like what? I, I read like a the lot Fight of Boy Letter. No, I read a lot of nonfiction. I, I like history. No way. Yeah. Like, what's the last book you read? I read a book called Three Roads to the Alamo. And oh, it, Texas history. Yeah, I mean stuff like that interests me. That's cool. Huh. So, what's the book before that? When was this? Like in the, in like two thousand seven. It's probably it was probably you, how many books a year do you read? Um be honest. One every two years. Last year I read more than I've read in a long time because well, I was sense. home with COVID. So two. No, I read probably seven, eight books. Really? Yeah. All right. All right. Doesn't seem like it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Next game. <laughs> Next game. Everyone's saying, you know, Fez doesn't fight back, and that's good because <laughs> It goes quicker. I feel like we circled back to that Arkansas Colgate game. We must be fascinated with that one. We've actually gone beyond that. I know yeah. we did, and then we came back to Arkansas Colgate with, well, with but this you conversation. You guys didn't have any real opinion of you like Virginia Tech, right? And you like are like straight down the line. Yeah. Okay. But the, the whole point of your Black Swan thing was talking about like preparing for. Oh no, I was talking about how the I don't think Colgate was in a position. I think they are a type of team that maybe the analytics guys are going to be flawed on. I think, especially with their sample size, uh, yeah. In their last fourteen games, they were they were thirteen and one, and that one loss came to Army. Their best win was against Army, and three other wins against. And, and the last fourteen games that Arkansas played, they went twelve and two. They didn't play one team that was within fifty spots of Army in Ken Palm. So not they play, one everybody team that was bad. Better. Yeah. Wow, Dave, you're in trouble here. I know. I get it. <laughs> I'm. I'm- Going down to the car and get my wallet right now. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to buy. But I'm just going to pay up. Pay the bet off right now. That'd be awesome. You know, that'd be great. Actually, is and and to me, I do. And I know we've kind of gone around the horn here, but to me, it does speak to how much the markets change. I mean, you. How long you? But Dave, you've been batting for decades. What would this? All joking aside, Colgate would be uh, ten and a half, couple, eleven, uh, if not more. Like even. Yeah, people just say Arkansas, the Patriot League. I mean, they wouldn't even look at fourteen and one or Army. I mean, they wouldn't even know who Colgate played, let alone their one loss and best win were both against Army. I got it. And it brings another point about Army. I'm guessing Army doesn't run. No. So all of a sudden, uh, Colgate being the bully it, that runs, 
a third of their schedule was against a team that couldn't compete with that. So he mentioned that's a good point. That w- when teams have won a run, uh, they've they've been blown out, and he's right. But the only team on their schedule that really wants to run is Bucknell. They beat Bucknell one hundred five seventy five. Bucknell runs. They're thirty two in tempo. 256 in offensive efficiency, 286 in defensive efficiency. Well, that's because they played Colgate like five times. I mean, Arkansas. Gonna, Colgate will do that to you. Arkansas, 35th in <laughs> offense, 14th in defense. There's a there's just such a huge gap. There's no yeah. way there's and, no way to compare Bucknell to Arkansas just because they go fast. And I don't know how you quantify the Nolan Richardson factor either. <laughs> that that's very difficult at this point. Put that coffee. Down. What Eric Musselman Coffee's does for closes only. What Eric Musselman does is he gives his guys a lot of freedom offensively, which is interesting. It's almost like a street ball type thing where it's like if you're in transition, you find out where the weakness is and you you make your own matchups. Not a lot of coaches will give their players that kind of a freedom. That it's it, Arkansas is a really fun team to watch. If yeah, you haven't in, seen in them. fairness, I've watched that work against them on many occasions. Well, they get you, a little bit. You haven't lately. They haven't played lately. They play. Well, the, they play know, Saturday. I just told you they've won twelve of the last fourteen. You know the beauty of this, guys, as we finish it, is we've got a bet. We do. We, we could jibber jabber, or some someone's going to pay someone else. Next next game, Ohio State, also known as the Ohio State University. One of my seven. One of my seven. Ooh, against Oral Roberts, line is Ohio State by sixteen. Go Dave. Yeah, I, I like Oral Roberts here as one of my top seven. I mean, people people are going to overlook that Summit League team. I mean, they can shoot the ball 39% from threes. They got three guys that shoot over 40% from outside. And as much as that's the case, they, they played five teams, solid teams, before Summit League even started. Missouri, Wichita State, Oklahoma State, uh, Oklahoma State, who they almost beat, uh, Oklahoma, Arkansas, all on the road. Playing Ohio State's no big deal here. If Ohio State's vulnerable at all, it's on defense. And I think they come into this game where they play four straight and they got five days rest. I just think they're in a very difficult position to lay 16 points. I like Oral Roberts. Uh, a lot of what he says holds true for me. They went 4-1 and one ATS. Double like, double like. They went 4-1 and one ATS in those games. And all tournament teams that he mentioned, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Wichita, uh, Arkansas, and Mizzou. Uh, Arkansas is strong. They are strong. Uh, Or Roberts can score with just about anybody. They've got the leading scorer in the country in Max Abemus. Uh, He is efficient from literally all over the floor. They're a pick-and-roll heavy offense, 39% from three. They provide – they – Cause some matchup problems for Ohio State. Ohio State's going to get theirs. They, they're going to they're going to score at will, pretty do much. Like, do, I know it's counterintuitive. Do we like Oral Roberts in the over? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, it's it, counterintuitive because usually it's favorite and over. Yeah, so you're saying I'm saying Oral Roberts. If Ohio State's going to score regardless, I just think Oral Roberts can score enough to keep up with them. Do you like that, um, Dave? Yes, I do. What What's the total right now? Oh, uh, it's probably a big number. One fifty-five and a half. What do you think? You like 155 and a half over in Oral Roberts? Yeah. I kind of like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would say that's the case. We got 80. Because it feels like Ohio State gets theirs. The question is, Oral Roberts covering is going to be about their ability to get the, theirs. You know, the implied there is about 85, 70. I, I think Oral Roberts scores more than 70 points. Yeah. All right, continue. Uh, that's about all I've got. I, I, I obviously advance Ohio State, but Oral Roberts, one of my one of my favorite ATS plays. Quick question for both of you. In the course of the season, you bet, you know, 100 games, whatever it is, a big number. If you said the reason for betting each game, if you would have had 
a split between power ratings, which is intrinsic, how, intrinsically how good these teams are, where one team's overrated or underrated, and the other is matchups. And then the third is situations, travel, post-COVID. So let's say three big buckets. This is a fundamental disagreement how good the team is, is bucket one. I, I think they're underrated. Number two is matchups. That center is going to do well against that. And number three is, hey, they played two games in the last month. That's a problem. General guess, starting with you, AJ, what's your percentage of reason for making your bets between those three categories? The third bucket is my least used bucket. So you're not one to be a situational guy. I don't Fezzik worry loves about situational that. stuff. I, I, yeah, I, I care less about that. I care about matchups, and I care about how I view these teams. Do you think the situations are uh, have no pertinence, or you think the market accounts for them properly? I think the market typically accounts for them properly. Like, the whole... Oh, they've got a, a big game on deck, so they're going to be sleepy for this one. I think that's just such old school thinking. I, I, I don't. But in a way that you are saying with COVID, when a team hasn't played in two weeks or whatever, that's a situation. But you think this year those were real? That, that, that's yeah, that's a different scenario, and that's really something that we've never had to handicap before. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say that it's it's into the number because no one knows how to bake that into the number yet. And both of you guys started, and correct me if I'm wrong, started slower than usual this season season and both had a great last month yeah. so some of that could have been just a randomness but some of it is getting a feel of the covid and and how it affects things sure and you we talked about this off air dave you think so too that it probably was a combination of both absolutely uh, and i also think that it comes down to there's there's you can focus on one thing mm-hmm. one sport oh so you're saying once the football season once football's over Okay, so AJ, you said the one bucket of situation, not much. How about the other two? Power rating versus. It sounds like you're a matchup guy. Yeah, it's probably. It probably. I don't want to say there's zero percent in that third bucket, but it's. It's probably about forty-five, forty, and okay. then fifteen. So so. 15 would be the, the third bucket yeah. that I care little about. And the other one is is somewhat more somewhat close but yeah, it's slightly into matchups. Same question there. Um I would say matchups is probably a little more than half situational would probably be was that at least me 50%, probably 35% and power ratings would be 15%. Hmm. Now that's it. I would have thought it was flipped. So you're a team guy when it comes in meaning that you look at the team's results how do you get a feel for matchups if you're not watching the games as much, where you're looking at the team's results, not how they got the results? Well, I think I can get a feel for the matchups looking at the box score. Okay, this 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 six six point guard okay. dominated this six two point guard. And you're watching games. It's just you're not as fanatical about. As I'm not going to. I'm not going to sit and watch for two hours. I mean, you might read a book. I don't read books. He watches The Bachelor. <laughs> no, I have my wife. And you read. say I'm lowbrow. <laughs> Oh, wait, Dave's pressing. Well, hold on. And the comedy find of the year making his television debut. (laughs) (laughs) Huh. I was, you know, that kind of throws me a little bit because I was going to do a study on if you, when you two agreed this season, I was thinking the numbers would be really strong. You know, like going back. But if you're, if you're doing situation, I'm still doing, but if you're doing situations to, Boy, I'm a power ratings guy. Like, I just think there's some teams that the market just gets wrong. In football, I care about power ratings more than anything else. So what's the difference? I mean, I mean, concisely, what, like, 
Is it you just think the power ratings are sharp? Ken Palm's got the numbers figured out enough that you, or what? I mean, that's part of it. Uh, another part of it would be, you know, in, in football, there's how many guys on the field at once where, you know, one, in, like it's harder to watch a football game, especially a college football game. And start to feel like how a certain tight end matches up. What uh, kind? Of, like it's just there's a lot to it. Yeah, I, I think it's not as much player, but I think. But again, if you're a player guy, I think the NFL offers huge opportunities with props. Now there are too. there are things in college football where where the style of play is very important, especially if a team runs like a, a, a an option, something mm-hmm. like that, like service academies. I love betting. Oh, old school stuff. Yeah. yeah like it's, so those types of things, there's, there's obviously a big difference versus like a, a, a you know, spread offense, but yeah. yeah, that's interesting. All right. We're getting down the home stretch. The last, uh, last pod, Illinois Draxel, 23 point favorite, Illinois, big 10. That's where the Ohio state university resides. Dave. Yeah, I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I I think this is just poor Drexel. They were the sixth best team in the Colonial, which is the 17th ranked conference. Uh, they can't score. I have Illinois in the Final Four. Uh, I lean to lay in those points. And Illinois is only one of two teams better than Alabama. Who said <laughs> Illinois was better than Alabama? I win the bet sooner if Alabama beats Gonzaga, because that will happen. But you. But let's be honest. You know, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'll fly right back out here if it's Alabama and Illinois uh, in the championship. I would game. hate that. I yes, would fly back would. out here on our dime. Yes, you would. <laughs> but you'll already you, you're, that money will be gone though because you'll have already paid us on the Arkansas Colgate I'll, bet. I'll take out a loan. When, when you when, I'll, when you own like he, he used to own multiple Seven Elevens and that. I mean, well, I guys, don't have my own G five. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, now. Um, but but back to Alabama is <laughs> roll tide <laughs> roll damn tide is Illinois you think Illinois how much better chances Illinois have than Alabama because you said better, or, better than what to beat Gonzaga are we still on no, no, that? Well, I'm saying if to win I, the championship yeah I'm saying do you think Illinois has double the chance of Alabama probably okay so you like Illinois I do okay. All right. I love Illinois, by the way. Uh, my second favorite team, and it's really the gap between them and three is is pretty wide. Well, if you would have gotten down at ten to one when you like Dave did a couple weeks ago, well, if Dave would have been really smart and done it like in October, well, I mean, you're not like Kreskin. I mean, you got to see some games. I didn't play any futures this year at all. I usually like to play futures, but COVID scared me off of any futures because I just didn't know like yeah. if if there, there's a possibility that teams just get shut down for the season. I mean, look, I mean, Duke probably wasn't going to make it anyway. But I, I didn't know what the uh, what the the tournament setting was going to be like. So I was like, imagine if if Virginia Tech gets COVID during the ACC tournament, they're just out. Like stuff like that right, just turned right. me off of betting down the road. Fezzik, tomorrow on the pod when we record, he'll discuss. He's got an interesting concept when it comes to Gonzaga. I want to throw it at you guys as we get down to the last couple games here. He believes because Indiana was, though some believe it's not widely known, and maybe he's right. I don't know if Dave heard this. Jonas on Straight Out of Vegas knows about 10 times the sports. I mean, he just knows everything. He didn't know that Indiana was the last undefeated team. And I was, I, I said, on there, I, I said it was ma- that's what I said. I go on there. I go, you know, I was making fun of Dave for this. It's like, I, I guess I'm wrong, but 
I think people in Indiana know. Oh, so, sure. so Fezzik's this thought was that because if Gonzaga does win out, all uh, the Miami 72 team, that the crowd is naturally, whenever they're going to be Indiana people, will be against Gonzaga. What do you think about that? It's an interesting concept. I guess it's possible. Well, you know they're going to be. I mean, you think an Indiana fan is going to be indifferent to this team beating their Bobby Knight? Would, would Indiana fans cheer for Illinois against Gonzaga? I think if, to keep their undefeated record, yeah. Oh, that's so that's so petty and lame. Like I like old school Dolphin thing that just disgusts me. Like that, really? that's 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 all, that's all they got. That's sad. I know, but at least <laughs> that's you're just, holding. That's a sad be, thing. It can be sad, but you better hold on to what you got, baby. Hey, Mackenzie, who was it that was just saying someone was trying to – maybe this was Dave, actually. Someone was trying to claim that the Big Ten would be rooting for – like purposely rooting for the Big Ten. That was the great Steve Fezzik. Oh. He, really? That's what he thought? Yep, because he remember he went to oh, Northwestern. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. God. But, I mean, if and also Indiana's not the only team that's ever gone undefeated. But they're the last one. The Dolphins aren't the only team that's gone undefeated either. I think they uh, are. I think they are. No, there were like 9-0 and teams all the time. I don't well, think that, so. I don't think there's ever been an undefeated Super Bowl champion well, besides Well, Super Bowl, him. but there was football before the Super Bowl. Okay, but I mean, we're talking about winning the national, the the March Madness. There, there's. But what I'm saying is, in Ab- UCLA like, went two years without losing a game. But, again, they were the last one. What I'm saying is that if it happens multiple times, the last one cares about it, right? I mean, that only makes sense. Like, so, like, when the Triple Crown went all those years without having one, the, the, I mean, the horse was dead or whatever, but, like, that horse that got, had the last one got discussed a ton. Like, Seattle Slough or whatever, I guess, is 78. But who, who's, who's the last horse that won the Triple Crown? Well, we were just talking about this recently. Was it Smarty Jones or was one other one since? Smarty Jones didn't win the Triple Crown. Oh, okay. I, See, that's what I'm saying. Nobody cares. But people care about the Indiana. If there was only in Indiana, I don't. I, if there was only one horse that ever won the Triple Crown, we'd know his name. Listen, the question isn't would you care. The question is Indiana cares. I can promise you they did. I, I, they might. I can't imagine that they'd rather cheer for Illinois, a rival, to win. All right, let's make a bet. This is what we do. We got to think of how we would grade it. Is the first time an announcer says, makes comment on the, in, the crowd cheering. And if the comment is, oh, listen to it, Fred. It sounds like, huh, they're against this. This crowd's against Gonzaga. That would be me winning. You winning would be, wow, this Indiana crowd sure doesn't like Insert Big Ten team. I'll say this. You might be right. I don't think it. You think Gonzaga cares if they're getting booed? But obviously the crowd is worth a point or something if the crowd's against you. I mean, we're not saying it's going to end the tournament. We're saying it's a factor. We're trying to accumulate factors here, AJ. I don't know how you do it in Texas. I'll I'll give up that factor then. All right. Boy, you love our Gonzaga. I do. But you're so contrarian. How does it feel like you're? They're just better. I mean, I'm not trying to be con- like. If I see something that's better, I'm I'll saying just in say general, it. picking the number one seed who's the favorite to win it is not something I'd expect. It's not comfortable for me, but that's it's just what I what I'm seeing. There's no there's You've no way seen, around. Okay, it. I looked for other Have ways. You seen Alabama play lately? I've seen <laughs> Alabama play plenty. This is not football, Dave. You do realize this? No, Gonzaga I football. That's a podcast. Now. All right, Loyola. Well, Loyola. Loyola. Yes, Loyola. Georgia Tech. 
Yeah, I, I like Loyola here. I'm not buying the Georgia Tech hype. I, I know they won eight straight. Loyola's three. Continue. I was just getting the line in there. I, I know they won. I know, <clears throat> I know Georgia Tech won eight straight, but look at who they were. Pittsburgh, Miami, a uh, good win against Virginia Tech. Syracuse and Duke both at home uh, and Wake Forest. And they struggled to beat Miami before. So wait, they, they beat Syracuse and Duke, and we're just waving our hands at it. This year, I am waving my hands out, especially at home. Syracuse even had to play in the playing game. <laughs> well, they're going to lose to San Diego State, but we'll get to that in a minute. I'm not buying the I'm not buying the Georgia Tech hype. I I know they got probably the best player on the floor, but this this Loyola Chicago team is better than the one that went to the Final Four two years ago. So I think this is one that I could try to build the case for the hot team, but I'm not going to do it. I, I like Loyola Chicago. I lean Loyola Chicago. I loved. I would have bet Loyola Chicago at a pick. I'll lean at minus three. I don't have a great take on this thing. Uh, I think the number's pretty close to right. I, I, I do think the matchup is going to be decided on who's big has their way. Uh, Moses Wright's the ACC Player of the Year. He is a a bully down low, but Cam Crutwig is a a really versatile big. Um, it's it's a, a really interesting matchup. It's going to be sort of a rock fight kind of game. The interesting thing to me is rock fight. What do you mean by that? It's going to be a low scoring, like a, a grind sort of game. So it's a rock fight versus like nuclear weapons. Right. It, well, it's it's going to be the opposite of Colgate, Arkansas. <laughs> uh, but it, I I think that the zone could make things tough on Loyola. There are zero teams in the in the Missouri Valley that run zone zero, so they haven't seen it this year. And Passner's zone is is tough to figure out. Loyola is built to beat a zone, but they just haven't seen it. So there's there's not a lot of information there. I, I think whoever wins the wins in the paint is is who wins this game. Let's get. McKenzie, and he's got a question about Loyola that I think is quite interesting. Full disclosure, I did grow up about two blocks away from Loyola, Chicago. But is it me or are they insanely underseeded? They're number nine overall in Ken Palm, and they're the eighth seed in the South. I don't get it. Uh, they are underseeded. They, they are nine in Ken Palm, but they started at 55 in Ken Palm. Their, their best win this season is Drake. Who's in the playing well, game? What I'm saying is, however Ken Palm calculates what these wins and losses means, it, the market bows down to, but not in this case by an extreme. So, what does the market say the line? What does Ken Palm say this line should be? Uh, Loyola minus three. That's confusing. So it, this is more of a committee issue. Like the committee is. But what I'm saying is, if you're playing number nine, what we're saying is. Loyola should be like the a fourth seed or a third seed by Kempom, right? Yep. So if a third seed was against a nine seed, I know it wouldn't happen in the first round, the line would be what typically? Seven or eight, yep. right? So what we're saying is Kempom, what is, what's Georgia Tech in Kempom? 32. So if the nine team plays 32, what, what, or what do you expect, or the eight team or oh, I guess, no, the nine-team in Kansas plays 32. What, what do you expect the line to be, typically, generically? Like, look at the ninth versus the 33rd. Uh, what would that be? Five. Okay, so it seems like that's kind of the point, right? This should be a couple points higher. But you're saying the zone thing might be the I, I think that's a, pro- that's a problem. And there's, there's just – this is a year where Loyola hasn't played against – this is the best team they've played all season. This is the highest-rated team they've played all season. Uh, that's not true. They played Wisconsin, but they lost to Wisconsin. 
Mackenzie, your your comment kind of fell flat, I thought. <laughs> I just wanted to say I grew up next to Loyola Chicago. And albino, a mosquito, my <laughs> It's going to work. You see how it's going to work? I love it. <laughs> next game. It is Tennessee against Oregon State. Question on this, 5 versus 12. It oh, is, by the way, under in that last game is something I, I'm leaning to, or I actually like. Yeah, so that, that of all the totals, you like that best? Uh, that's up there. And the theory this, is – This one will have – I'll have one on this too. The theory is if um, the zone is going to cause trouble, it hurts scoring, obviously. Yep. And okay. Georgia Tech's not a big scoring team either. But that's going to be built in the line. Yes. Tennessee minus 8 versus Oregon State. Dave? I, I think it's – I think Tennessee's the better team. I think it's too many points to give to Oregon State. I don't trust Tennessee's offense. I'm going to buy Oregon State. I mean, it's easy to think, well, they beat UCLA, they beat Oregon, they beat Colorado, made it to the dance. But if you look back, I mean, they finished strong. The only team they lost to that wasn't named Oregon since mid-February was Colorado, but only by four. I, I think they're undervalued. I think Tennessee is a bit overvalued. I don't trust their offense. So I am going to... So, uh, Dave, when you say don't trust, that means they're inconsistent. I, I don't trust them to get margin. Okay, okay. So, what you would, what's required to be uh, a good bat lane eight is going to be an offense that can keep scoring, and you think that's a question mark? Yeah, it's a team that shoots thirty-two percent from threes. Oregon State is actually a pretty good perimeter defense. They don't shoot fifty percent from inside. Uh, they're marginal free throw shooting team. Uh, they're not incredibly big. I don't think they have an eight-point advantage. So this was a game that I, I didn't love. I lean Oregon State. I just think eight is too many points. Now think about this concept. Let's say you thought the line was right, Tennessee eight, but you didn't like it. You thought eight's right. You'd probably like it on the money line because what Dave's saying is this is the kind of team that obviously is lane eight for a reason, but they're not the kind of team to get margin. Thus, it's a time you'd be inclined if you do like it to play the money line because they're going to lose like the the tail of the results are going to be fat in the middle wait do you mean you'd play the tennessee money line yeah. or the oregon state the money tennessee. line I'm saying- I, i'd honestly i don't hate the idea of playing either uh, because i think oregon there, there's just such a wide range of outcomes here oregon state could i i could make a case they win this game i think tennessee's way better but tennessee's offense it, they fall so flat sometimes they run around and do nothing until okay, the end so of a shot clock. What you're clock. saying is that, that it's going to lend itself to extreme results. It's a high variance game. When it comes to Oregon State, wow, that's interesting. So I don't know how to reconcile that because if a team should be laying eight, but you don't want to lay eight, and, and the reason being they don't get margin, that means they're going to win an inordinate number of games between one, two, three, four, five, six, sure. seven. But you're also saying. Because they get so cold sometimes, maybe increases the variance of Oregon State winning the game. Well, especially because Oregon State, the way they played in the Pac-12 tournament, complete opposite of what they were all season. They they hit a bunch of threes in that tournament. They're not a three-point shooting team. They just got really hot, and they knocked off a bunch of really good teams by shooting threes. If they do that against Tennessee, if they go out and hit you know, 45% from three, Tennessee's in trouble. So McKenzie and I were talking about trajectory – that I think teams that are surging have more value. It'd be interesting to look at the uh, three-point shooting and say teams that surged that had a surge in three-point shooting we're going to eliminate because we think that's not necessarily repeatable. Teams that surge without a surge in three-point shooting or opponent the opposite, then missing a bunch, that is more merit-based and repeatable. 
that might be a way to kind of winnow out some of these surging teams. That's possible. I also think that uh, you know the the Pac-12 tournament was played here in Vegas, and maybe maybe there's sight lines that the 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 Oregon State shooters just fell in love with. Doesn't mean it's going to work in Indianapolis. I, I mean, there's a, a drastic change because you're playing, and I don't know where Oregon State and and Tennessee play. I don't know which stadium they're playing in uh, up there. I know they're they're playing games in four different stadiums, but. Playing in a a big arena like T-Mobile, you may be going to Hinkle Fieldhouse, which is a totally different kind of arena. I I don't know how that'll affect things. Well, what I know for sure is that Hinkle Fieldhouse are going to be rooting against Gonzaga. I know that Absolutely. (laughs) There's a lot of people sitting around with Bobby Knight, like medallions on right here, I I assure you. Well, that season on a brink's a good book. You ever read that book? Didn't make the rotation? No. I don't. I read sports books sometimes. I used to read more sports books. What was the sports book? Uh, the uh, about the Ravens, where the guy followed the Ravens for a season. Have you read that book? No, no, I don't know that one. What year was it? Like the Super Bowl year? Or something? Yeah. I hate the. Ra- you know, I'm a Steelers fan. I know, but I mean, it's just because it, it's. It was almost like I hate him. Uh, it was like Hard Knocks before Hard Knocks existed. You know who else I hate? Anyone with the last name of Harbaugh. <laughs> I just do. He smells. All right. I don't think we've discussed this. Wouldn't you say that John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh looks like he smells? Does he look like he smells? Yeah, think about it. He smells. Because. <laughs> I, I guess I've never given much because consideration. He looks like he's always sweating. He's always yelling at someone. He probably got a workout in. He just seems like he smells. That's just my. Per- I, 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 it's not the opinion of the network. I'm not saying that a coach that I've worked around in my Radio career smells, but he did. I'm not going to say a name of whiskey. I'm not. No, I'm not going to say a name. But a guy who uh, had a, a strong bo smell at all times, and it was distracting uh, at times when we would when we would have conversations. Does he have a job now, or has he been fired? And... He has a job. Wow, he must be a hell of a coach. Unbelievable. <laughs> Next man up is the name of the book. John Feinstein. Oh, so the same guy wrote season on the break. I guess so. Okay, so Tennessee, Oregon State, but clearly the adva- team to advance is Tennessee. I've got Tennessee advance, ATS lean on Oregon State. And you agree on the advance? I do. Awesome. Okay, we got four, one, two, three, four, five games left. Tennessee's also missing one of their key guys or has questions about one of their key guys. He got elbowed in the face against Florida. He's been out concussion and whether he comes back or not is questionable. He's their, their post guy. He's, he's pretty important to them. So his status would mean a lot one way or the other. AJ Hoffman, everyone, Oklahoma state minus seven versus Liberty. This is, I believe the last of my seven. Ooh, I like it. You're not going to chime in over there. I don't. It's not one of my seven. I thought it would be. It's not one of my seven. I thought it would be. Um, you know, Liberty. This is a team that knocked off Mississippi State as a 12 seed two years ago. So there's precedent here, and I and they almost beat Missouri this year in Columbia. I do think Oklahoma should have been its two seed, a three seed rather. So they get a little screwed here, but they also don't have a ton of experience. And Boynton, I think, is in uncharted waters because he's never been here either. So those are big knocks against Oklahoma State. Uh, big knock for Liberty. They walked the ball up the court. Uh, so a big knock for Liberty. So this uh, is I, was, I was, I was using a play on words. 
Okay, so you're saying a positive for liberty. Exactly. Okay, continue. A, a big positive for liberty. They walk the ball up the court, and that's exactly the type of team Oklahoma State struggles with. Oklahoma State lost to TCU twice this season. I mean, that's almost inexcusable, and Liberty fits that mold. So this is like a huge matchup thing for me. I, I really like Liberty plus the seven points. Okay, this is interesting. So I don't want to, as much as I think Oklahoma State meets a criteria that interests me, I think that I'm going to stay away here for sure and hope they win by like three and then figure if it is identified as the matchup, then there might be some real value. Who do you got advancing here, Dan? Well, I have to go with Oklahoma State. I don't think they can pull the outright. And one of the reasons I think Liberty's had, like, I think they've had 12 days off. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and that's a little bit of it. It might take them a little bit to get going. And I was going to sort of put them out for that reason. But because they don't play a fast pace, I don't think it'll take them long to get into the game. But if you, if you could choose, you would bet Liberty in the second half over the first half. Correct. Yeah, I, I'm I'm on Liberty as well. So this is battable for you. Battable for me. Okay. I, I guess I, I'm only going to end up with six, so I guess I might well, as well make this a... one of my seven. But see, that's cheating. Uh, you know what? Let me go. I'll go back and make Arkansas one of my seven. Or uh, uh, yeah, Arkansas will be my my seven. Right. But you do realize the whole point of having seven is you're exposed to be bet against. So I got bet against anyway. No, you bet in the Arkansas one. I'm just saying. I get you're a little a little apprehensive. Some would say you're not anxious. Continue. Uh, I I think Oklahoma State here is obviously the the better team, but Liberty it can shoot. They're elite offensively, and uh, they're they're one of the most three point reliant teams in the country. And obviously, they're a good three point shooting team. But if you're extremely three point reliant, you're open to variance, which which worries me some. Uh, Kate Cunningham, six foot eight point guard, is a matchup problem. Here, this is a crazy stat. His counterpoint, Darius McGee, the, the point guard for Liberty, five foot nine. That's that's an issue. Uh, I j- him up. <laughs> yeah, just the, just the fact that you're going to have to be, and I don't think they're going to throw McGee on Cade. I, I don't think that would make much sense defensively. But they, I think Oklahoma State will pressure him. That that worries me a little bit. But I just think that this Liberty team is battle tested. They they played against. Good, you know, Purdue, who I, I was just raving about, I think is maybe a Final Four team. Uh, all the talk's been about Oklahoma State's underseeding. I think that they are, I think that they're maybe overvalued here, and I think Liberty is is primed to uh, to give them a good push. So what's Ken Palm say about this? I just heard that. Because I'm thinking if Oklahoma State does. Oklahoma State 7. Okay, so if Oklahoma State does win by a smidge here, it might take all the air out of, oh, maybe they were right about Okie State being a four and, again, more value. Well, in Oklahoma State, they, I mean, besides the Baylor game, which they, they, they won by nine, it's been a bunch of three, five, four, four, five, two of those in overtime. They, they, they're not a big margin team. Mm. And are they winning a majority of those? Uh, they are, yeah, they're, they're, they won a majority of those. Yeah. They, they're, they're close games. They're winning them. Okay. But I guess Sagarin's going to look at that the way they do, which their I margin should. of victory on the season is 4.2. Okay. But is that the net margin? So the losses are taken out? Yep. Okay. But that, no, no, no. I mean, losses are accounted for. Yeah. Y- yes. So which again, that means that's not a bad number, right? Because no, it's not a bad number. 
I guess you were showing me late they've been winning close Late games. they've been winning close. So lane seven with that is a problem. Right. Now, you were saying they're streaky, but— no, I'm saying I'm saying Liberty. Liberty saying. They, they you can be streaky yeah. if you if you live and die by the three. Some so, days you'll die. So do you potentially like Liberty on the money line? I could see Liberty getting through there, getting advancing. But you're not. You, you wouldn't I wouldn't pick them. I won't it. pick them to advance, but it wouldn't shock me. Syracuse, Syracuse, San Diego State, San Diego State favored by three. Dave. Yeah, I almost had to rethink this after I watched ESPN last night. You know their BPI index had Syracuse as the most likely double-digit seed to advance to the round of 16. And I, I tend to disagree. I, I like San Diego State here, and this is another one that I think is a matchup thing. San Diego State plays offense on the perimeter, so I don't think they're going to have a huge problem with Syracuse's length or Syracuse's zone. And I, I think this is another one that if you took the name Bayheim off that, that I think San Diego State would be favored by even more. So I think San Diego State minus three. So what's Ken Palm saying? Because uh, Ken Palm's not accounting for Bayheim. Ken Palm has uh, three. Okay. See, I just wonder, is Bayheim another example of, yes, he gets a premium, but it's warranted? I think he might be. I mean, I think Syracuse is a better team than they have been recently, as opposed to Michigan State. That's a worse team than they have been recently. What do you think? I, I lean San Diego State uh, to advance – uh, I, I, and I guess I, I slightly so – Coin flip. Yeah, I, I don't feel great about it, certainly. I, I don't think Syracuse should have been in the tournament. Uh, and I think San Diego State – they I, got an 11th seed. Which, yeah, they didn't have to play the playing game. Uh, well, I, even that, there's 12 seeds that don't play playing games either. So they, Those are all at-larges. The, yeah. la, the last oh, so four – Syracuse is at-larges? No, no. Yeah, but the, I'm saying that they're, oh, those are uh, auto bids. Not 12? 12 yeah. No, 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 no. no. Who's, who's – I'm just saying the last four in are the 11 seeds that play each other. Michigan State, UCLA, those are 11 seeds. That's the last four. I tell you this: the reason 12 over five so much is they're not automatic bids. That's, I mean, unless this year's, I'd bet any amount that 12 has never been an automatic bid, and maybe 12 Santa Barbara auto bid, Georgetown 12 auto bid, okay, Uh, Winthrop 12 auto bid, Oregon State 12 auto bid. Then that's a change. No. No, I'm not since they've done the first or the the first four games. It's always been 11s. Uh, well, how's this sound? The first year, the first four games. Let's bet it. That's what I'm saying. Three hundred. Go ahead. I'm going to say the first year, the first four that all the twelves weren't auto bids. Hmm. Don't seem sure. No, I don't. I don't seem sure. Mackenzie, can you look that up? But I mean, it's been a long time since the first four started. But because the whole concept, we'll see. But the reason I'm so sure is 13. You would think 13 and 12, there'd be almost as many 13s winning as 12s in theory, but it never was because 13 was where the auto bids ended. Now, that maybe, may have changed because yeah, for sure. it may have changed because they've added more conferences. There's now, yeah, that's you what know, I'm saying. Yeah, Very possible. Okay. But I'm saying that wasn't all the way back when the first four, but we'll see. Okay. Um, that's fascinating. So I, boy, I bet when I, here's, I'm going to make a prediction. Whenever that started, assuming I'm right that it just started, I bet if you faded the tw- if you bet the fives ATS since then, I bet you've done very well because most people, a lot of people betting the twelves are going to just remember the twelve five. But if the fundamental difference is, it's changed, then all of a sudden it's not the same circumstances that allow twelves to win, which is the best at or the last at large teams. Uh, you know that would be the theory, right? So it's been the. Since 2014, so it did change in 2014. Wow. 
Hmm. That even seems a lot longer than I would have guessed. Yeah, since 2015, it's all been six seeds. Uh, or they, they've played the six seeds, so it's been 11 seeds. Well, no, I'm not saying who plays the play-in. I'm saying are all the 12s automatic bids in 2015? I would say no. No. Uh, but since they started doing the, the first four, mm-hmm. they'll, those mat, like they'll, the last four in for mm-hmm. the committee are the teams that get put in the first four matchup. I agree. So that means that's the last four at-large bids. Okay. Oh, well, no, because the theory is, it, at the time, I thought, the theory was you'd rather have a 12 without having to play in than be an 11 if you play in. So they still made that the less preferable spot. So the only thing I'm saying yeah, there's is— There's no at-large is lower than 11. This year you're saying that. And yeah. I'm saying I agree, and that's why I'm saying, boy, that shocks me. It's I'm, been that way for a while, though. And we're going in circles. Yeah. So I'm saying I disagree. That's what I would bet. So, Mackenzie, what did you find? So they expanded to 68 teams in 2011, and in those in that year, all the automatic bids, I mean, all the 12th seeds were automatic bids. No chance. I, I'd bet still. <laughs> no, I would. I mean, it's just not true. It's just not possible. Um, okay, so let's do this. We'll, re, we'll have an update on this question on the next pod with Fez. A couple games left. Um all that said, for this year, you're obviously correct. So the point's made. Um, so West Virginia, boy. yeah. But just recapping, then you guys both like San Diego State to advance. Uh, WVU Moorhead State, WVU twelve. Yeah, this was a tough, tough game for me. I mean, when I first saw Moorhead State and West Virginia, I'm thinking, well, West Virginia is going to kill them. I'm not so sure they will. I like Moorhead State. Plus the 12, my only reservation there is they are near the bottom in the country in turnovers, and obviously that's West Virginia's forte is turning people over. So bottom of the country means you give the ball up. Correct. Okay. And, but but the, the knock against me taking West Virginia is they, they get three-point happy, and I don't care who they're playing. They are just so streaky. So by default, I cannot trust West Virginia to cover the 12. I would lean to taking Moorhead State with the 12. Um, not super convinced. I like Moorhead State in the second half. Moorhead State will have had about two weeks off before this game starts. Mm-hmm. So, so if you like West Virginia, I think first half. I think you like them first half. If you like Moorhead State, I think you take them second half or for the game. Did either of you guys do a study on, with a big layoff, how a team did in the first half? No. That's interesting. But I guess it's not going to repeat it. Hopefully it won't repeat itself. What do you got in this game? Uh, I, I I like Moorhead as well. I, I think so that is this a battable game? I think it's battable. Uh, there's just one caveat that that terrifies me. Uh, the, Moorhead State has a guy named Johnny Broom, who's the the uh, freshman of the year in the OVC. Is that the best nickname? Is it the best nickname? Remember you were saying Bones. Was oh no, that was on. Uh, that goes back to Colgate has a guy named Adonis Arms. <laughs> Shut up. That's yeah. That's his name. I had to to the parents. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but he's not going to help Colgate, but no, no, uh, he'll be on the sideline flexing when they're losing by 40, (laughs) but it's weird because West Virginia, normally when you think of them, it's, it's a defense first. It's a grind team. This is not that it was West Virginia is an offense first team ever since Oscar Sheboy left. And they they do a pretty good job. They attack on the rim, they attack the rim. They they crash offensive glass. They get to the free throw line, uh, and they've got a couple shot makers. This broom kid for Moorhead State is 
he's he's an interesting matchup. He's a very polished big for a freshman, and he can give them a lot of problems. But West Virginia has a guy named Derek Culver who is a bully, and he's going to try to get him into foul trouble. And if Broom gets into foul trouble, this thing could get ugly. That's that's the one thing that scares me. If he's out of the game, Moorhead has no way of of staying even close to within this number. So that that worries me a little bit. He's done a good job of staying out of foul trouble this season, but I, I could picture that happening. Remember, if you're going for a 55% winner, there's going to be scenarios sure. you lose. You can't be worried, though. You just accept it. Okay. I, I actually do think guys who try to find, like, sure things, and I'm not saying you're like that, they, they lose more. It hurts them. And that's why some guys do worse on, like, games of the year. Yeah. Because they want they want to find something that feels safe, but usually if it feels safe, you're missing something. Yes. And I remember last year, Brad, you know, he, he's a good handicapper, but he had a bad run. Like, every week we were talking about, you know, hey, look long-term and all that. But then I said, hey, let me start picking your game of the week, meaning you give me two or three games and I'll pick the one. And I, well, every week I just went with the game that's harder to play. I said, this is the game there's more risk. And his streak turned around. Again, that was lucky to some degree. Yeah. But I agree. I think that the game that's scariest to bet is often a good bet. And the game that you can feel like an idiot if you lose is a good bet. Like taking the Jets plus eight or whatever. Because they could lose by 30 and you're just going to look like an idiot. Yeah. And most people don't want to look like idiots. Some people are used to it. It doesn't bother them. Well, so I do it three or four times a week. <laughs> So just to be clear, obviously WVU to advance. Yes. Rutgers, Clemson, Clemson by oh, Rutgers favored the ten seed by one and a half. Yeah, well, I think the fact that a ten seed favorite should tell you all you need to know, really. I mean, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. You know, part of me just wanted to take the Big Ten here, but betting on a 63% free throw shooting team to me is like running fingernails on a chalkboard. But Clemson, sorry. Now, do you consider on? Tight games like this where the spread's like one and a half free throw shooting to be more important Absolutely. than the spread's like 12? Okay. Absolutely. Sorry, I lost my train of thought on that one. Oh, no worries. Um, it's, and here's what's interesting, everyone. It's 11.55. <laughs> These guys flew in, and to get through all the games, we're breaking into two pods. It's 11.55 p.m. Go ahead, Dave. Well, AJ has a flight at 7 a.m. Yeah. I hope Blackjack is way and Uber it. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm going to go with Rutgers here. They have the size. Clemson relies on the three ball entirely too much for my liking, especially in a new venue they haven't seen. I don't know where Rutgers played in the Big Ten tournament, but I think teams that, if this game's in Lucas Oil, teams that would have played there last week might have an advantage. So I have to lean to Rutgers here. I hate this well, hold, game. Hold on a second. You're saying there's a chance they played at a certain venue. You don't know. I don't know where this did. game is played. Oh, okay. I did not look. Last How week many did, they oh, played at Lucas No, Oil I understand. Stadium. I'm not having trouble comprehending what you're saying. I'm saying I'm incredulous at it. So do we know where they're playing or it's yet to be announced? Banker's Life Fieldhouse. Well, okay. there you go. It's not an advantage anymore. I'm just saying it probably would have been worth to take a second to figure that it out. It might have been. So, hypothetically, they do. It might have been. I've never heard uh, that I, mean, I despise this game. You know? <laughs> but, but you actually— I had to come up with something. I'm taking the better team, the bigger team that played in the better conference. But, you, I mean, again, leans or, or even no lean, but you're saying this, is, this isn't bettable then. No. In your criteria. It's no, I don't even think it's watchable. I don't think <laughs> people out, outside <laughs> of Piscataway or— 
Well, the northern part of South Carolina that don't have money on it are not going to watch it either. What do you got, AJ? Uh, I, I lean the opposite way. I don't feel good about it, though. I struggled going back and forth on this game. I, I eventually settled on Clemson because Rutgers is such a poor free-throw shooting team, mm-hmm. and, and I do think this is a close game. So uh, that, that was the big difference for me, but nothing strong whatsoever. I wonder if Ken Palm's algorithm considers – Free, like weights free throw shooting more based on the in spread. a close game that's yeah. interesting that's a good question because it's always interesting to know what an algorithm doesn't consider because if you think there's an edge there and every in the algorithm says it's like a fair line that means you might have value dave you said something i think i agree with and i think i understand what you meant but you said when the 10 seats favor that's all you need to know so what you're saying is the the market is going to have a buy or the uh non-sophisticated better is going to say wow Wow, I'm getting the better seed and the points. So you, it's almost like the phenomenon of an unranked team at home laying points. Exactly. That's what we're talking about. Exactly. Here. Okay, cool. I, I should have been more clear on no, that. No, no, that's, my, that's partially I, my I guess job. I forgot I was talking to the universe here and not just you, because I know you would know what I was talking yeah, about. Well, that's part of my job is to sit in for the audience, because you guys are great technicians. Now, AJ, again, is a broadcaster, but to me, I want technicians to share, and my job is to help, you know, Shape it a little bit. Last game, Houston. Oh, in your neck of the woods. Cleveland State. Boy, Cleveland State was good in the late 80s. They had some scandals, but they were good. I remember when I was like 16 betting them. And this is our final game. It's Houston by 20 and a half. Yeah, I, I think Houston probably covers this number, but I'm going to defer to AJ. I mean, I couldn't find a reason to take There's no redeeming about Cleveland State other than the fact that they got some experience. This, these guys lost to number 271 IPFW. And then local in, union what? Uh, oh. Indianapolis, <laughs> Purdue, Fort Wayne. <laughs> I thought I would take the short route. I won't in a minute here. And then they took three overtimes to beat Indianapolis. Purdue, Fort Wayne in the Horizon Tournament. So, I mean, that pretty much negates any chance, I think, of staying in the same zip code as Houston. But I'll ask somebody from Houston what they think of Houston. So here's what I'll say as Dave finishes in his last game here, and he'll be on with Fez tomorrow. It's Dave underscore Asler. You've heard him for years with his free picks with us. He wins. Diamond Dave, some calm. Uncle Dave, others calm. That seems incongruent. I know it's not. He knows his stuff. You can't listen to this without knowing that. So you can go to pregame.com and Dave every day. Now, he's selective. And when he puts out the three stars, yes. That's just a yes. And um, it's there. And remember, we've got the Q. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw a bonus coupon out for you two. You can use it on AJ or Mr. Dave Asler. And it's going to be $10 off. And we're going to call it Alabama 10. (laughs) And all lowercase, and ten bucks off any pick. You just of- don't quit, do you? <laughs> no, I know. Pick a Dave Asler. I should have known. <laughs> or pick a AJ Hoffman. I should have known. AJ, your roll, final roll take. tide, brother. Uh, this is an awful matchup for Cleveland State. It, it, they try hard. They're a, an effort team. Houston tries harder, and they've got better athletes. They, this is a so Houston tries hard too. Houston goes hard. Now, they, would you? They, Great offensive rebounding team, hard no. Kelvin Sampson's like he's like a no nonsense coach. Everybody rebounds. The former Indiana coach. Yep, everybody defends. So you don't you're not allowed to to slack when you're playing for him. They don't give up points in the paint. They don't give up three pointers. 
24.3% of the points scored against them are from the free throw line. And UH, they, they get it, they foul a lot because they're overly aggressive on D. Well, unfortunately, they're 291st in free throw percentage, Cleveland State is. So that's not great for them. They're, they're one route to points, and they're not going to get any. And they've got almost no way to stop UH. UH is going to probably rebound half of their own misses. They're going to dominate, dominate the offensive glass. And so is this a like? This is this is one of my seven. This is the last of my seven. Oh, okay. I didn't realize. Yeah. Uh, and Cleveland State had, I mean, maybe they tried to zone. 20 and a half. I love it because you're so disinclined to lay 20 and a half. I am very disinclined to, yeah. You like it in the first half more or because they play hard, they're going to keep. No, I, I could see Cleveland State, again, trying to give in their best shot, but eventually. As oh, it, so this is the kind of team you think might. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I think eventually it just wears them down. They, there's a possibility that Cleveland State tries to zone, but UH has, has just destroyed zones this season. So th- right. this is just a difference of talent. Now we are going to do the countdown of their seven best bets, seven to one. First, are our theme song. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. So just to give you a little insight into AJ, his, uh, I don't know, we won't call it sexual confusion, but his insecurity made it where when he was doing a podcast a while back with us, he objected to Blossom. You care to comment? I just didn't have much reference for it. I didn't understand. Do you understand now? No. What's going on with the future is anybody's bet. That ain't no reason to get all depressed. <laughs> all right, Dave, we're going to go seven, then seven, then six, then six, then number nine. Go ahead. Seven for me is Colgate. So- <laughs> that was one before we started this podcast. No, I, I, I just I, I kind of did that for effect. I mean, no, I, could, no, I was going to put him six. Right, said, that no, was a good. No, I'm going to let them step on me a little more. <laughs> All right, but I liked it. Dave, Dave's picked up some personality somewhere. AJ, number seven. Uh, number seven, Utah State plus four against Texas Tech. Okay, number six. Number six, Liberty. Mine's Liberty as well. Ooh. Number five. Number five, Winthrop. Uh, Houston, minus 20 and a half. So lane 20 and a half, and they're better than two of the games. That's impressive. Uh-huh. Number four. Number four, Oregon over Georgetown. Grand Canyon, plus 14 and a half. The whole, the whole concerns me. The, the entire canyon. <laughs> uh, number three, Utah State. All right. Uh, number three, I've got UConn, minus two and a half. Did you have Utah State yet? Already, Utah State's my seven. Yes, yeah, okay. All right, so say that one more time, I'm sorry. Uh, UConn, minus two and a half. Number two, Oral Roberts, plus 16, I guess, at Ohio State. And we like, and not versus Ohio State, and we like the over with that. We do, correlated. Yeah. S- Santa Barbara, plus seven and a half. All right. Uh, Ohio. Ooh, I like Ohio. I like both his last two. Not the Ohio State, I know, Ohio. I know, but they don't get points, the Ohio State, often. And my, mine's Oral Roberts. So it seems like Oral Roberts. So if you add, do me a favor. Let's add up the you guys matched on how, three of them. Utah State, 
Oral Roberts. And Liberty. Did you have Colgate? No, I did not no. have Colgate. Right. So real quick, add up the Liberty numbers. So you have we Liberty. Both had, we both had Liberty 6. All right, so that's six, a 12. Two, the three. lowest number is the best pick that you guys agree on. What's the next one? Uh, Utah State 7. I think you had them 4, right? I had them 3. Oh, so 10. All right. And then obviously. Uh, I got Oral, 11 total. Or Oral Roberts is 3. For you and what you Oral have? Roberts no, Oral Roberts was, was one for me, two for him. Oral Roberts was two for me, three was Utah State, six. Yeah, yeah. So, so what we're saying is, by far, the game you guys agree on and feel strongest about Oral Roberts. Yes. All right. This is AJ Hoffman. He has parts of his personality that some would call troublesome. <laughs> um, the civil courts have not been that clear, but reprimands. I'm fine in civil. Is it called it's a, criminal? It's, it's called the, censure. It's, is what they call it. He has a motto. Now, you might have heard it before, but he lives it. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. (laughs) (laughs) But he's got a good Twitter follow. Now, another thing about that, and we said Dave underscore Esler, E-S-S-L-E-R. AJ seems to get in a lot of arguments with people he doesn't know that he can't (laughs) see. But somehow it's important to you. Why is that? I, because I'm a, uh, I'm a mark for things like that. I, I, You're I, using a wrestling term, mark. Yeah, I don't, I don't like uh, when stupid people think that they are smart, and I, I have a hard time letting it just go. So when you meet someone clearly intellectually superior, does that do you enjoy it with me, or do you? I love it. <laughs> I, I, I think my favorite is like when. <laughs> When guys use big words, and, is that what you think? Yeah, yeah. And and, 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 and how many books have you read? No, no. I was just trying to understand how oh, you. Uh, I, I was trying to say you're a lot smarter than you look, and I was wondering how you got there. <laughs> but but all joking aside, you don't believe that I use big words for a fact. Do you? No, I I think you're a smart guy. I've been around you. You I think, think I'm smart? Smart. smart? Yeah. It was funny when we were yesterday at lunch. He goes. Well, you've got to be smarter than what? At least 90% of the people. I'm like, where? Like, is this the Nobel laureates we're hanging with or what? Oh, boy. <laughs> and, and you're humble. That's the greatest no, thing. No, it's just if you you got to be real. To me, if someone's acting like they're not intelligent when they are, it's like that's just a – that's a food – or what's the right way to say it? It's like they think you're an idiot by saying – like if someone – like if a good-looking, like a gorgeous girl says, yeah, I think I'm a six – now, you might be thinking, maybe I can get her. But after that, you're thinking, what? Like, she's so full of shit. Like, why not just tell the truth, right? Yeah. Like, like you, we were talking about you and your talent as both a broadcast off air and as a handicapper. I said, you might be the best there is at that. And if you would have said, no, nah, I think I'm average at both, would that have been redeeming? It would not have. So I'm trying to be honest. If that troubles you, I, I, I apologize personally. You no need to apologize. On Twitter, I'm over it. If you want, <laughs> if you want to follow uh, inane arguments with uh, anonymous people, <laughs> is, is those words okay? That works. What, 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 <laughs> I think it's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> What's your Twitter handle? At AJ is the real. It's actually good stuff. And AJ's are all joking. We have fun because we can. He is rock freaking solid. We appreciate he flew in for this. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. And we're back tomorrow, Dave, with Fez. We are. Looking forward to it. Talk to you then.